Down Radio is on the air. Welcome everybody to Phoenix Down Radio, episode 100. 100. We made it. That's amazing. 100. How's everybody doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing awesome. How's everybody else? I'm like a... Seven out of ten. I'm in shock and disbelief that we made it this far. And I have a dwarf sitting next to me. <laughs> Lally ho. Lally ho to you. Scree! Thank oh, you everybody God. for joining us for this uh, monumental, because technically I think that's the right word, isn't it? Yeah, I think we can go with that. It is now. Yes. This monumental uh, occasion of uh, 100 episodes, and here's to 100 more. Woo! Oh, God. Clink. What has everybody been up to the past two weeks? Uh, I leveled a bunch of crafters and... Oh, oh the Primogs are, or the Moogles are dancing Happy again. 100 oh, episodes. Oh, 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 is that why? Yeah. That's why Lance said he moved forward so the Moogles can dance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I leveled a bunch of crafters. And now they're dancing and across the some, front of the screen. <laughs> did some sightseeing logs. Oh my gosh, will the Taoist Mughal join in? They will if they're close enough, yeah. So, so, anyway. So apparently we're going to have Moogles awesome. dancing across the screen for the entire episode. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> Sounds good to me. So we know how this episode is going to go. Sorry, Sarah, you were saying you were crafting. Oh, yeah. Not a lot special to report on that. How is crafting in, in Shadowbringers? I mean, I'm still catching up on Stormblood, but I did uh, get. I, I have been looking over a lot of the different abilities while I've been doing that. Uh, I'm not, everything I've been hearing from a lot of my friends who craft way more than I do is that they've been using a lot of the same macros. Partly also just waiting for someone to come out with a rotation. Uh, but so far, I haven't been hearing that there's a lot different about it. Okay. Oh I, my uh, gosh! How is that? <clears throat> There is actually one new skill that is absolutely amazing. It costs 32 crafting points, and it increases your quality and increases your actual craft. Progress? Yeah, it's 100 and 100. So it's 100% chance to work. It's 100% progress in both. Oh, uh, that was the other thing that mentioned. Uh, there's a thing that uh, when you get quality all the way up, I think it is, you have a chance to get some of your materials back. Yep, that is and also true. Apparently, if you're making like primal uh, things with that, you pretty much always get the primal material back among your other back. stuff. Why did I do that? Camera's moving. I know it is because, well, I bumped a key. <laughs> eh. Don't you love when that when this stuff happens? Hey, we are five minutes into the episode and stuff's breaking. <laughs> well, we'll, Boom. we'll we'll keep it as is. At least it, it is what it is. So fine tradition. Yes, I am just absolutely befuddled by how that bride's moogle is moving. Oh yeah, it moves by flinging the basket, and its body follows afterwards. So it's if I wonky. try following the basket, that might. 
Just like just watching them move in their little dance, and like Bride's Moogle has been moving so differently compared to how they. Oh wow! And that delivery Moogle likes spinning. Yes, yes. the delivery Moogle definitely spins. Trying to get everybody centered in screen again, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> eh, we do what we can. Um, but yeah, the crafting has gotten a lot easier. It's there's new skills. Using the skills actually does progress a lot better. The new menu and UI in 5.0. Oh my god, the counting of the turns and being able to see exactly where everything's going to get and be like, your skills will get you to HQ max 74% before you even start the craft. It's like, oh, oh my god, so much easier. Yes, that's one that I really appreciate as well. Just even on like the Stormblood era stuff, knowing, okay, my qual like my quality is at this level. I do not have to super overcharge beer goths like Having a thing where it's like, okay, I need 3,000 quality and I beer gots for 8,000. The big number was impressive, but it's also like, I didn't need to build up nearly that much. No, and I've been able to hit on the nose a lot more and save a lot of effort. And as a result of that, often go do stuff that would have normally been a little out of range because I know, okay, I just need to build it up to this point. Yeah, and it's, I'm having a lot of fun figuring out exactly what I can pull off. Like, I did the level 80 Culinarian uh, Crystarium turn-in with all level 70 gear. Nice. Yeah. I have not upgraded anything. Yeah, I got it to 81%, and it worked as an HQ. Like, it was wild how well the new skills work. Yeah, yeah. For, for crafting, I've heard you can get by with the, if you've got the highest tier stuff from previous that's melded up, you're good to go through 80. Pretty much. But, and I mean, that being said, it, it does get challenging. Yeah, it's not the same with gathering. You do need to upgrade that about halfway through. Yeah. yeah. Or actually, I didn't upgrade until 77. And that seemed to work well for me because I've been working on the gathering side. Um, I've got my yeah. Fisher to 80 and. Both of my other uh, gatherers are at 78 now. And I guess since it's been two weeks, I was just thinking about the last week, but since it's been the last two weeks, I did do Eden as well. I think all of us did Eden. Yeah. So we'll, oh, yeah. we'll talk a little bit about that as well. Chili, what have you been up to? I punched things. <laughs> are you still playing Monk? I thought Monk yeah. was kind of not working for you. I don't like how it plays, but I'm still playing it. Okay. Just because I'm a monk of heart and I like to punch things. Chili likes Fair. to punch things. No, I have level dancer and scholar to 80 as well. So Wow, you've been That's really good. busy. You've got yeah. some options. That's good. And here I thought yeah. I was, you know, doing good with getting my my gatherers up and I got uh, Gunbreaker to 73 now. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I like Gunbreaker. It's a fun class. Gunbreaker is a blast. In part because of those roll quests, like people seem to find them really compelling. I have seen a lot more people uh, leveling stuff. They yeah. like one of my uh, my good friend Sander. I would not have expected it. He's been leveling Gunbreaker. He has been enthusiastically tanking. Yeah, I mean, but here the roll quest hit me with the feels. It's probably one of the saddest stories. But yeah, so just for seeing those role quests, and I think people wanting to see the combined one at the end, I've definitely seen a lot more people leveling a third, uh, second, third, or fourth job and trying out lots of different kinds of roles. Yeah, I like the Plus physical DPS Plus, it really one. doesn't take that long to level up. Once you've got 180, it, it's... I mean, that's always been true. Uh, I To get my scholar up to 80, I pretty much did dailies every day, and then 
I got to like 77, 78 without actually going into a dun- uh, like a relevant dungeon. Yeah. yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Leveling up has been a little bit easier, I feel. Yes. But when you're doing your second class, you're like, okay, I don't have MSQ, but the dungeons are new. And roulettes are still fun because we haven't done them in forever. Everything was at, eight, at 70 for so long. So we're kind of rediscovering the rest of the game by being in a new environment with new skills, lacking also, skills. Also, remember nope. to save your side quests. Don't do them all during, during your MSQ. Yeah. God, no. Because, I mean, they save sync to your level. So you get XP yeah. based on what your level is currently. And you can, so, and you can do those quests anywhere. So... Um, I really hope that that system gets spread out and starts going backwards because there's some like level eight and ten side quests that I just never bothered to do that I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do with these? That may take a little like, time to do, but it's possible. I mean, it doesn't have to happen this week, but you know, it can happen over the next couple of years. It's a big game. I mean, the fact that they haven't uh, backtracked any other system changes to, into A Realm Reborn that they've brought in with Heavensward and Stormblood. Makes me think that they're probably not going to push any of these new systems back either. Just disappointing because, boy, the new fate system is sure useful. Oh, it's great. Fates aren't crap anymore. Fates have been bad since Realm Reborn ended. Yeah, and I mean, all of a sudden they're good? Yep. Dude, I need that. Let's and you've got a reason for crafters to care about doing battle content. Which is wild. It's a super wild concept. Yep. All right, let, let's table this discussion. We can have a good discussion on this maybe in the next episode. Because yes. I, I, I think we could really talk about the, the, the changes in the systems, and that could take oh. a full episode easily. Absolutely. Um, I just kind of want to talk about what I was up to the last couple of weeks. Um, like I said, I got uh, all of my um, gear leveled up. To, I was at 444 you know, before um, Eden came out. was able to get a couple of pieces out of that. Um, actually over the last two weeks, I got, uh, I've gotten four pieces out of Eden. So doing really well there, got my chest piece, which is nice though. I glamored. You got your uh, chest piece. Did you do chest and accessories? I did. I did. Um, first week I did belt and legs and I got one chest piece. Nice. Mm. And then this week I did three chest pieces and a ring. I did my entire right side uh, the first week. I'm not quite sure what I want to do this week. Oh, see, I have I've done my chest and my legs, and I, yeah. yeah. See, this this coming week, I'm gonna do the the the, the pants, the legs, and then the last week, I'm gonna do head and hands. I did right side first, and I'll just work on the left, kind of as it shows up. I got all of my <laughs> right side from uh, yep. Innocence, so. Oh. I need to get one item from Eden for my right side for ring. Yep. But That's apart from that, most of mine I've got from Innocence. Yep. And then I got uh, I got my weapon out of Titania. I got yeah. I got the mount oh, out of Innocence. That. I still need to get the the mount out of Titania. Um, was farming with uh, um, Yelta and and their uh, Crossworld Link shell. A lot of fun people. It had an amazing time doing that. If you guys ever want to jump into it, let me know. I'm more than willing to help you guys out with either of the fights. Yeah, what am I actually doing that? They're, they're really fun. They're fun fights. I'm caught up on gear. That's usually my problem is I'm always working full time and I'm gone constantly. So I'm always like a couple of months behind on gear. So I could never do EX content. But mm-hmm. now I'm like, hey, I'm almost 450 already. Yeah, I, mean, I could probably do Titania now. It wouldn't be so bad. Yeah, I'd say at 430, you're ready to go. Yeah, oh, trust me. Wow. 
The only the difficult part for Titania is really the ad phase, so exactly. everything else is pretty easy. Oh, I'm at Even 435. The ad phase Let's do this nonsense. Well, not right now. We have a podcast to do. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. I'm Klaus. I consider practical things. All right. <laughs> womp Sorry. womp. All it right. is Lancer. It's a lot easier to get high levels because right now the um, mainly most of the stuff is the uncapped homestone. So that'll yeah. boost you to 440. Yep. I'm also, sitting... make sure you talk to a, certain, uh, a spoiler cast. Make sure you talk to Gerald after the cutscene. Grand because old. a lot of people just totally run off. different. Yeah. Most people just run off instead of talking to him again so they don't acquire their 430 gear. Yeah. You get a full set of rights of left side 430 gear plus the weapon. Yeah. Which is crazy, crazy helpful. It actually isn't bad. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and move on then. Just a reminder, like I said, in one week, uh, we will be doing uh, a meetup with uh, Yelta from uh, Gather Together and myself at the Uptown uh, Barcade in um, Uptown Minneapolis. So if you are in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area on next Saturday, August 3rd, uh, from 6 p.m. to whenever we decide to leave, uh, come join us um, for an evening of beer, pizza, video games, and just general geekery. So it'll, it should be a lot of fun. I hope to see a bunch of you guys there. All right, so let's jump into some gaming community news before we get into the spoiler cast. I'm yep, very yep. happy to announce that the Menfina Madness Blitzball Tournament hit its $3,000 goal uh, earlier this week. So congratulations to everyone involved uh, with helping raise so much money for an absolutely wonderful cause. Mm -hmm. I was so happy to see them uh, message us on the Discord saying, hey, we hit this, and then they put out a whole bunch of awesome tweets. And even uh, To Write Love on Her Arms uh, tweeted back saying thank you so much for uh, all the hard work on raising $3,000. I mean, Yeah, they said that they knew the goal was a little bit of a stretch, like given the, how much large it was in last year. So I'm really happy that they were able to make it. Yeah. Um, and congratulations to Ishgard, I believe it was, who uh, raised just a ton of money. And did they also well, win the to tournament? Well, if everyone wanted to pay him to say Ishgard facts. That's true. So, was it the Ishgard yeah, team that, that also was, won the tournament? Great. I can't remember. What's that, sorry? Was the Ishgard team the ones that won the uh, the tournament uh, as well? I think they did. Wait, was it them or no? Yeah, let me, let me... They got really far in it, I remember. Yeah, I, I, I want to was... say the, the finals were Ishgard versus uh, um, Garlemald, and I think they beat Garlemald. That sounds right. I pretty sure they made it to the finals at the very least. Yep, so congratulations. I'm um, looking forward to uh, uh, next year's model. And there's also talks about doing some more, um, maybe an off-season one where we uh, raise funds for Extra Life. Oh, nice. Speaking of which, we are still doing Extra Life. I don't know if you guys realized on Thursday it was Miracle Treat Day at Dairy Queen. So uh, if you went Ooh. to Dairy Queen and got a blizzard, a dollar or more was donated um, to uh, Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. But if you happen to That's miss super cool. it, was. So I had to go and get one, and it was delicious. Even I uh, got had some uh, uh, tweets back and forth between Dairy Queen and uh, Children's Miracle Network. So that was kind of neat. Um, but if you happen to miss that and want to donate to uh, a Children's Miracle Network Hospital, you can... Uh, um, you can you can uh, donate to our extra life campaign that we currently have going on right now. Um, our campaign is uh, um, in benefit of Benioff Children's Hospital in 
Oakland, I believe. I just want to pop that up in the uh, Twitch chat. So you can either go to our Extra Life page or a nice thing that they did this year, you can actually donate. Um, you can link your fundraiser to a Facebook fundraiser and uh, get funds that way as well. And yes, Nick Nars donations are feeling lonely. So uh, any donations that you would make would be definitely helpful. Um, Extra Life and Children's Miracle Networks are wonderful causes to help um, Children's Miracle Network hospitals help kids get uh, treatment and uh, th the help that they need. So yeah, there's that. So an announcement that the letter from the producer live uh, number 53 will be August 7th at 4 a.m. Pacific time. Oh, awesome. I'm looking forward to sleeping through that and watching it later. Yeah. Sweet. That's 12 a.m. for me. 12 p.m. Sorry. Yeah, 6 a.m. for me. I might be up for it. Um, you might be up. Chili might be up. It's noon. That's like a normal yeah. time for a person to be up. Yeah. But when have I been normal? Exactly. Like that I said, you true. might be up for it. I'll be up. Giggity. Um, <laughs> Yoshi I'm P will be answering up. Shadowbringers related questions. So you can go to the official forums to uh, submit your, your queries there. Um, I suppose I can actually put a link to the actual information there. Huh. Oh, I was. I should go check the forums to see how bad those questions are. Oh, they're gonna be a garbage fest, dude. So you can check out that link there. That will say. Uh, that'll give you the link to the forums post as well. Oh, this is gonna be brilliant. Also, then on Monday, we will be having a maintenance from 10 p.m. to 3 a.m. Pacific time. Um, in preparation for patch 5.05. .05. And in that, we're going to be getting Eden Savage and the uh, uh, Tomes of Phantasmagoria. The capped Tomes. The capped, the capped weekly Tomes. The ones that we're going to use to probably get 460 gear that can be upgraded. Yeah. I'm cool with that. Yep. So I, that's think, gonna, I think they've yeah. spaced it out pretty well. That's going to give me a reason to start running experts again because I am sitting capped on Goesha Tomes. Because I have nothing else to spend it on. Yeah. Once you have it, you're like, cool, I'm capped. I'm at 440 slash 450 gear on at least two classes. Well, I mean, question mark, question mark, I, question mark. I only have the one class at 80 right now. So I don't oh, know okay. what I'm going to spend them on. I don't know if I'm going to end up keeping leveling up Gunbreaker. If I'm going to jump back over to Red Mage, am I going to decide to heal? Though I have five. <laughs> I mean, you could pre-buy your accessories or whatever. Yeah. I, I I may end up doing that just so I have some have spend the tomes because I'm kind of wasting them right now. But exactly, yeah. spend them and reuse them. I, it just we don't have a ton of space. You know what I mean? Yeah. We kind of don't, unless you're paying for an extra retainer. It's tough. Well, no, I'm just talking about it's like armory chest. Armory chest, really. Rings are the worst. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Because we need two, and it's like yeah. uh, we have twenty-five belts, which we need. What? Like we could probably get away with like ten. I, I think but... I have thirteen belts, and that's about it. Yeah, but rings. It's like, oh, I guess I have to. I need live two pages with the of HQ rings. level sixty-two one instead of using the level sixty-five because I just literally don't have that one slot. It's frustrating. Yep. So uh, I'm actually excited for for uh, patch four or five oh five. 
because I'd, I'm, I'm interested to see what the uh, world first race is going to be like. Will I be in it? No. No. I will Absolutely be in it. not. I have no time for that. But like I said, I wish everybody who is going to be doing, um, you know, Eden Savage, you know, the best of luck. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys can survive super bombs and getting run over by Jeeps and the like. So yeah, good We're luck. We're gearing up for Savage and hitting it hard on Tuesday. Oh man, I'm sure they're going to make the Savage one play with your instincts and expectations even more. It's like, oh, you got used to the way we changed it up. We're going to change it up again. Yes. I feel like number two is going to be the wall life for most people. Oh, the the the, uh, the the fight with the the word that she's hold, they're holding the lady the, with yeah. the lo- with the lots of time staggered mechanics. Yeah, I love that. We'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, any other uh, things that you guys want to discuss, game and community wise? Uh, nothing comes to mind of? off the top no, of my head. No, we good. We we're hitting all. I mean, game and community news is oh my god, we finally have content after basically not having anything for months. Because so, like we're all busy grabbing our tomes, grabbing our gear, opening our inventory, and moving the camera around. Yeah, there we go. No, no I was just try- <laughs> I, I was trying to sit is all because I there I, we go. I can't just type. Oh know? yep yep yep. And yeah, Nick Nars the E four Savage. It's like yeah, uh, I need to be a garbage. I have to ask Wait, you guys to get the rid of your moves, Savage, please. Oh, for, oh dear. For the people <laughs> in the videos, I have to ask you guys to get rid of the Moogles. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Aw. For now. I imagine it's somewhat more than a little distracting. Yes, and Talos... Man, said he was nice and got rid of hers a long time ago. Talos, just like, move whatever. closer to... I was just giggling oh. on the fact that Moogle got around this technically on the, on the show. All right. <laughs> I, I, I tried to tell you to do that from the in the Discord chat, but apparently you weren't paying attention. Nope. But speaking of Discord chat, if you guys want to join in with the discussion on uh, the uh, Shadowbringer storyline, I strongly encourage you to join in our Discord server and uh, jump in and uh, give us your opinions. Wait, where uh, the boss, Discord chat? You may want to check where you sent that message because you did not send it to the Discord channel. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm just looking at the Discord now. What do you mean? I mean, I am looking at the show channel, and there is no message from you about Moogles there. So you may want to check no, where. No, no, I, I said yeah. I, I was talking about Talises. Oh, me moving my butt. Yeah, I definitely yeah. didn't see that <laughs> until literally right now. Oh. Twenty okay. minutes later. Uh, it's right. hard to macro uh, sit on the keyboard. I should probably do that though. Oh, that's right. She has her macro dar three, which would be a controller. Mm-hmm. Which I am not using. So. Like I said, if you guys want to join us on the Discord channel and uh, give us your opinions, as well as we're probably after the discussion topic, if you guys want to uh, um, share a, a memory of, the, the, of one of your favorite memories of Phoenix Down Radio, we'd love to hear some of that too. Since this is episode 100, um, we may do a little reminiscing before we end the show because we don't have a lore segment or a prep station this week. We'll do a little bit of reminiscing and then we'll uh, we'll end it at that point. Yeah. That seems appropriate for an anniversary. Yes. Memories so, of Vanna D, I mean, memories of Aorcia? Sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> so, um, I remember when we left Aorcia and went to other parts of the world, but they're not relevant to a memories of Aorcia section, so we'll just uh, stare into space for this bit. So, yep. throw it out there again. We are going to talk spoilers. 
I'm going to be uh, putting a link in the chat to a Twinfinite.net um, summary of Shadowbringers. I think it was done very well. We're going to be utilizing that to kind of help us remember a few bits that we maybe we don't recall 100% on. Because I went through it quite a while ago already. <laughs> and it's Also, be... there was just a lot in there. There definitely was. Like... Uh, both with how much there was in there and how much of it referenced or brought various other things from the past full circle, I have heard more than one person say that they are really looking forward to New Game Plus just to put it all together. Yeah. Like that time in the story where Lava Scorpion summoned Hydaelyn and Zodiac. Oh, uh, hail Lava Scorpion! <laughs> hail Lava Scorpion! That, no, New Game it, Plus is 5.1. Yeah. But I don't think that fit happened. I mean, there was a roar. Nobody knew where it came from. Obviously, it was Lava Scorpion. You can't deny it because you can't. <laughs> That's not how logical argument works. Praise Lava Scorpion. Praise Lava Scorpion. Oh, God, they've all been tempered. I mean, so? <sighs> I was legit gathering fire shards like two hours ago. So I am tempered to Aether now. That's what's happening. Sure. All right. We'll go with that. Sarah, you want to start us off because I'm you're the one who remembers this stuff the best. Oh, so it starts with uh, previously we had been told that they were looking for the beacon that was going to be provided to us by the mysterious voice from the other world. Throw and wide the gates. I mean, if you're going to do that, I can find the thing my friend wrote about how this is actually an elaborate metaphor for fisting. No, we're no. good. I, I yeah. anyway, didn't think super so. Super good. Uh, but we do receive word that uh, the various teams working down in the circus trench, the trench surrounding the circus tower, have found some type of device. Uh, when we touch the device, we are suddenly struck by some type of strange phenomenon, find ourselves drawn into the rift uh, between worlds. Uh, lots of interesting visions in there that I definitely want to go through in freeze frame, uh, and arrive in a strange location with the... Uh, the person in question in front of us, who introduces himself as the Crystal Exarch, explains that he has summoned us to this world, to the uh, Norvrant, the first. Before we get to uh, that point, though, we are we actually run into a, uh, a traveling merchant. Oh, right. Because, yes, we don't actually arrive at the uh, place first. We arrive out in uh, the woods. A little bit where outside, we, yep. Yeah, outside, where, uh, in a strange forest with a uh, very... Uh, bright sky, even though it's a uh, one thing I did notice in uh, cutscenes, they did a fair bit of forcing the time to be a particular thing so that you could get visions of daytime or nighttime as appropriate to the story. Uh, but we encounter a merchant very similar to the one we encountered at the very start of our journey, who uh, makes a number of confusing statements, including that there has uh, the skies have been bright for the past century or so lots of stuff that's not really squaring with anything we know uh we continue to wander make our way towards uh the uh crystal tower the very big obvious only thing that looks at all familiar uh, uh meet its guard meet the guards including the guard captain lena who after a bit of talking with us takes us to meet uh the crystal exarch the leader of these people 
Uh, he introduces himself, explains that he is the one who called us here, fills us in a little bit on what happened to our compatriots, the Scions, who he apparently got by accident while trying to call us. Yeah, I think it was due to their um, how they're able to uh, their ether and how close it was to us. Uh, yeah, something like, like that. It's a little bit hand wave, but basically, uh, these are people who are very close to you, both like in all these senses. And his aim was not exactly perfect, which is also why we ended up out in uh, the forest there instead of in town, which is where he had been aiming for. Yeah, but unfortunately, while we can go back and forth, they are stuck here for now. Yeah. Uh, but he... Uh, uh, invites us to go meet up with Alice and Alphano uh, in order to both to check in with them since they're definitely going to want to see how we are do uh, doing after so long uh, and to kind of get a feel for what's going on what the situation is on the first yep and this is a point where we actually have a, a, a choice we can either go to get Alice or we can go to get Alphano uh, both of the each of them will introduce a new area to us that we can uh, go explore so depending but who on who really picked Alpha Note? Oh, well, I think I, I think I actually did him first because I did Alice second because I was like, okay, Alpha Note's going to be good for figuring out the politics and a lot of the other stuff for the region, and Alice is going to be the big dramatic thing that'll be a fun finish to it. I don't even remember which one I did. I think I'm pretty I sure I went for Alice first. I went for Alice. I, I think ninety percent of players went for Alice. You can uh, pick up both quests at once, at once yep. and you could actually go back and forth between them if you really, really wanted. That's true, you can. Well, that's cool. Yep. It's also, I like joked when, when I got to the Crystarian, because there's so many gates that are locked that you have to run around. So while I was streaming, I was like, why won't they you know, open wide the gates in here? I'm sick of going around these gates. Womp, womp. <laughs> Also, uh, one thing that we learned from the uh, um, the Crystal Exarch is that time works very differently on the first. While it's which is, only been uh, maybe a few days or, or, or weeks or maybe a couple of months since some, uh, some of our friends have been pulled over to the first, here, it's been years. And it's yeah, been about a while to see, like... A, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, like, seeing how, especially... Fancred, who started out as a 2.0 paladin, where like he's using a dagger because we could do that back then, and then all of a sudden he's sort of paladin, but not really, and then he becomes a rogue, and now he shows up and he's a gunbreaker, where you don't get that overnight, so you really get to see, oh, I've been gone for a year and a half, two years. Also, I found this girl that may or may not be Minfilia. Yeah. Like, um, a lot happens in a super short time for us. The time skip mechanic, like, that mechanic, they then say that, oh, it looks like we're entering a period where time is flowing at about the same rate in both worlds. I think that was mostly there in order to be have this be not like a crisis situation happen, but something that's been going on for a long time, but still make the timelines work out. Like, it was a little bit of a hand wave to make uh, some of the details work out while still being able to create the setting that they wanted. But it was a reasonable way to do it. It worked out. It wasn't super lampshady, but it was enough. It probably also like, helps eh. the craft the gatherers. So that, that way they, they can hand wave why the gatherers only have one time. All their, yeah. uh, their, clock, yeah, their clocks have got yeah. yeah. Like all the different things, uh, or like weather checkers or stuff like that, why the time is consistent across. Because we're the ones who stabilized it. 
I don't uh, they, yeah, don't say stuff like that. People are going to think it's canon, and then I'm going to have to have so many awkward conversations. Let's so do many. it. It's absolutely <laughs> making that, my job that's harder. One hundred percent the reason. At me. Just kidding. <laughs> Deus Ex Heidelin. That is the reason for literally everything All in this right. game. So we go to get the twins one at a time. Or like I said, if you're Sarah, you go back and forth so you keep them up to date at the same point. I mean, just I didn't do that. I'm just saying you could if you really didn't want to show favoritism. We're introduced to two new zones at that point. Um, if you went after Alice, you're introduced into Amareng, which is a desert area. Not unlike... Um, uh, the 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 the, the what, Thank you. And uh, we are introduced to it, it, that. I thought was one of the most um, tearjerker um, slash what the hell scenes. Yeah, when we that... get towards the end of uh, when we meet Alice, help her out with what she needs done, and sh should we just jump uh, right into it? Uh. Well, so I want to say, generally, uh, as a thing overlooking both paths, both of them introduced us to one of the two major antagonist uh, issues, I guess I would say, that are going to be plaguing us throughout the expansion. Uh, the city of Yulmore, uh, one of the few remaining powers in this ruined world, and the existential threat of the Sin Eaters themselves, and the specific ways that they are preying upon the people. And so those two uh, forks of the path introduce us to kind of these two threats. So we get an introduction to what's going on with them, uh, how they've been handling it so far, what sorts of so it's kind of setting the stage there. Yeah, I I personally think it made more sense to start with Alice A because when we get to Yulemore, we learn something else. Um, but uh, anyway, Alice A is helping um, this group um, take care of people who have been hit by Sin Eaters and are starting to slowly turn. Because they say if, if you end up getting hit by a Sin Eater, that they basically have implanted the sin eater gene into you and you start to convert over to one eh, energy we'll say yeah you know what i mean i thought it mostly it more like it can starts to poison your aether yeah yeah I that's guess about that, the way i thought of it yeah yeah so so you you get infused with the the sin eater light ether and Depending on the severity of the injury is going to depend on how long it takes for you to turn over. A lot of the people that they've been taking care of at this inn um, are slowly turning. But uh, if you get hit pretty hard, as what happens later on in the story, um, one of the people that Alice is working with was trying to find and bring back one of the patients and ends up getting hit by a Sin Eater. And in a very surprising scene turns to a sin eater right in front of our eyes i should have seen that coming and i so didn't i didn't either but seeing that scene in trust mode was very very different from seeing it with party members oh uh we're not to the bit with trust yet this is just the initial thing at amarang oh it? that's right no yep. we're talking about the uh, okay never mind different yeah. person <laughs> so and then once that has completed, uh, they both fly off somewhere else and uh, are, are gone. I, I was so expecting that Tesslene was someone we were going to be seeing repeatedly and checking in on throughout the course of expansion. So Unfortunately, no. Like, 
I, I think that's part of why it was so unexpected. I Just the way it felt, I was like, okay, they're establishing stuff like this in this way. And it didn't feel like they were saying enough for that. It felt more like, a hey, she's going to be this thing that's anchoring, I'll say, that we're going to be checking in with and seeing the development of that is going to be this thing for that character. So I was not expecting it to be a, and then she got stabbed by the light. But basically, once that happens, Alice is like, I'm going to nope out of here and go help you guys. So... At that point, a lot of people would go over to get uh, Alpha No. And that takes us into uh, Kalusia, which is the um, the, the area that uh, surrounding... Lenosha. Uh, it, it's like Lenosha. It's the area surrounding Yulmore. And it is... I mean, there's a lot of similarity to a Lenotian uh, landscape here. It's, it's basically I... an island area right on the sea... Kind of. Did we see? I saw like a 2.0 Limsa almost style when I saw Yulemore. I was like, that looks really familiar. And it's not, but it looks, it has this weird like callback to like what 2. Point, or what 1.0 uh, looked like. This was definitely a thing that we saw a lot in general. Uh, they talked about some like plot wise, some stuff being, hey, answering questions or dangling threads from 1.0. It was a. Uh, taking advantage of that little bit familiar and yet different. So that was something that I think they did say. And I think there, especially they were trying to purposefully invoke that reaction. I mean, one thing we were kind of fine. Well, maybe I shouldn't talk about this quite yet. We, we haven't got to that point yet. So, but yeah, there is a lot of similarity to 1.0 stuff, which is kind of a nice throwback. This is as close as we're going to get to 1.0 areas, folks deal with it. No, 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 cla- no classic <laughs> server here. Oh, God, no. <laughs> so no. we end up meeting up with, with Alphano, and uh, we try to gain entry into Yulmore, but uh, it's not something you can just walk in. You have to be invited. You have to earn your place, or you have to be super fucking rich. And, you know, while we maybe have fat stacks of gill back on the source, you know, here we don't necessarily have all that much. And uh, so we need to work our way in. And fortunately, Alphano comes up with a plan. And he helps us to get in as a... He, he is a painter and we are his assistant. <laughs> I'm still skeptical post-Crystal Braves of Alphano doing anything. But this one actually worked. What'd you think of the delousing room? Gross, but <laughs> I mean, is what it is. <laughs> Anybody else get like rem- get reminded of that scene in Super Troopers with uh, Farva and, oh, and the delousing powder? Tastes great. It's powdered sugar. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in so long. <laughs> Oh, but uh, so we end up meeting up with our patron who has um, invited us in. And after it, we washed. Yes, what thoroughly, very thoroughly. Which took me a while to do because I couldn't work out where to find the, sh- the, the, what's got the perfume. Right. I was running around everywhere trying to find it. And found, then my mate's like, it's your key item. I'm like, Right. Okay. It's like, where is yeah. it? I, I don't see it on my map. Where am I supposed to go? Oh, you already gave it to me. Well, there was a red circle on my screen, so I was like running around the circle. 
oh yeah same here I'm yeah. like where is this supposed to be and it's like oh it's already just chilling right yeah oops so we um so then we we meet our patrons <sighs> which are a a couple of uh, um what are they called on the on the first they're not uh, makote they are Are they Mithra? I don't know. No, they're not Mithra. They are in my heart. <laughs> Whatever yeah. they are. The cats and Oh, they are quite the couple. He is a little shall we call him not ditzy, but he seems a little bit um She she knows what she wants. She's very forceful and he's kind of succumbs to her whims. Yeah. Thanks, Scar. Miss Tell. Miss Tell. Miss Tell. Yeah, he's definitely the um, he's the sub in the relationship for sure. And this is our first instance of actually seeing a a, a fat Miss Tell. This is one of the fat cats that we saw in the trailer. And the biggest disappointment is the fact that there's really only two. Yeah. Yeah, there's a couple others that you see around, but I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some more of them. Yeah. But uh, I demand more fat mistels. She takes a shining to Alphino. I mean, she is just adoring him. I mean, basically turning him into a little uh, dress-up doll. But which I'm I thought was hilarious. I'm gonna say this now, but and considering how thirsty everyone is on Twitter anyway, but <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if she doesn't try to call him in for like a, you know, with her husband. Oh my! Uh, I I did not get that vibe at all. No, she she, <laughs> I found it that she found him like a uh, the, a child that they never had. I don't oh. know. Give it time. She, I mean, I'm sure that people are going to be desperate enough to interpret it that way. But the the actual thing, I was definitely seeing something a lot closer to what Klaus was saying. It's like, hey, here's this kind of adorable child, little bit of a dress up doll. And the dress-up doll scene was definitely a little uncomfortable. It was pretty but hilarious. <laughs> once you get in there, you're like, oh, this whole situation is uncomfortable and fake, so I guess it's fine. And then we end up uh, going, having to go meet Lord Vothry, who is... After I spent time with the Vautry, strippers. excuse me. <sighs> sorry, sorry, what did you say, Chili? I went to the strippers first, and then... Oh, yeah, well, that was part of the quest, yeah. So Chili, It was the best. We had to... That was my favorite part of the quest. Well, and the... the I'm wondering if we're going to see more of that, that high-low game. I hope so, because it was fun. And then, that and, was fun. And then, I played that for way too long. And then the, dancing around the stripper pole. Yes, that was a thing. Yay. So when are we going to get that in our houses? Anyway, moving on. 6.0. <laughs> um, we end up having to go and meet Lord Vautry, who uh, um, is basically being a total asshole, and uh, we call him out for it, and as does Alphano, and uh, we get kicked out. <laughs> so, yeah. If you thought we would be able to hang out here for a while, nope. But what's funny is we can walk back in at any time we want. We just can't use the uh, Ethernet. I mean, that's been a general thing. Remember back at the, uh, just before 3.0 started, we were a wanted... Man, yeah. woman, whatever. But mo a lot of people were like, hey, we're not going to make a big deal of it. Hey, we are going to shelter you. And the few people who do recognize are like, it's like, it's, it's Sam Isronid of the Warrior of Light who could slay a hundred of us where we stand. 
Oh, look, I'm going to go search over here now. Carry on. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, AFK warning for anybody that hasn't turned their camera in a little while. Good call. Thank you, everybody. There we go. I um, think they tried to whisper earlier. Like, oh, <laughs> so we, uh, we get the twins, and then we head back to the Crystarium. And um, so basically, we are now going to try and uh, find these uh, lar- these beings called the Wardens of Light. Each zone appears to have one, which is causing the uh, abundance of light ether to sh- keep the skies bright, even at uh, midnight. And uh, we go to the, our first dungeon, which is a little town that's being attacked by Sin Eaters, called Holminster Switch. So, who used the the uh, um, the new system here for um, trusts? Uh, I use them for pretty much all the dungeons. I use them for all the dungeons, but if it was at you know a good time, because uh, this particular server is really good at peak times and really bad at off peak times, depending on when I got to the dungeon, would determine if I did the trust first or if I went back and did the trust later. I, I did it almost right away, so I went with the party finder because queues are pretty fast. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of us doing it. But I, it's a I, cool dialogue I with did, your trusts. I did finally run it with trusts today. And uh, nice. yeah, I, I, I noticed that. I had the twins with me, and I think I chose... Um, because I have everybody unlocked now, I brought um, Ishtola with me. Yeah, I think if they... Uh, you do get more options once you've completed the main scenario, but I think people who weren't there originally in the plot, I don't think that they have any particular comments. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I thought that this dungeon was interesting for the fact that they brought back that mechanic that we noticed in the uh, in uh, Amarang, where the Sin Eaters are basically you know, corrupting the ether and causing the beasts now to change over into uh, sin eaters. And I think that's what Talos was trying to comment on earlier. Right. Where we would have situations where, especially uh, running the twins, by the way, is awesome because they are both casters and they have a bunch of stuff that they work on together. So if you run trust, do that. But when you walk in with Ali say, and you start seeing people that she's interacted with directly, she has more comments on them. Yeah, and when you go into like Mount Golg, you start seeing different comments out of like Fancred, or out of Uriange. Like you start seeing a little bit. You get kind of your own story, so to speak, uh, depending on who is in your party. Mm-hmm. Um, it, people recommend to uh, run with all the different trusts, and you'll have to eventually if you want to level them up. Oh, yeah. And leveling them up is uh, a bit of a challenge. Heads up for anybody that hasn't started yet. You you mean tedious. (laughs) Hey, if you've got all those different things that you want to level or roll quests, you'll have plenty of stuff you want. The word is still tedious. The word is still tedious. And Bannon says she shoots off a limit break every opportunity. Be prepared for that. Yes, Yes. it's true. I would say we'll use your limit break every single time. Fortunately, though, for me, she didn't die doing it. Anyway, um, she does have a little bit more of a tendency to finish off her attack, uh, even if it means eating an AOE or something. So Not does Ishtola. every time, but a bit more. Ishtola is the same way. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Um, 
So the bosses in this dungeon were quite interesting. The first boss is that uh, Sin Eater that we fought in Amarang. We know that because the wing was cut off halfway. So we take that boss down um, after it had uh, already turned a number of the uh, the beasts in the area into other Sin Eaters. And then we hit the second boss and we come across our friend from Amarang. Uh, what's her name again? Tesserine? Tesseline. Sorry. And yeah, that was quite a shock. The fact that, you know, she had just been turned into a Sin Eater and now we have to kill her. And uh, she's making like it. They make a uh, had made comments about how for a long sin eaters, kind of when they're freshly turned, they still have a bit of a little bit of their own mind in there. They're still like kind of struggling with and dealing with all stuff. And it's clear that she's still a little bit there, even if she's not all there. But a little bit isn't enough. No. Nope. Yeah. No. Alice definitely has a, a lot of uh, quite a few lines of. Uh, at the beginning of and at the end of the fight, and it's clear that she's very affected by it. And then we fight our first Light Warden, and he is one big, ugly son of a bitch. He's so challenging. But it was a it was a good fight. It was a good test of where we're at. Do you understand the new system? You've lost and or gained some skills. You don't have TP anymore. It was a really good test on how good we are at this current point. I actually thought that the first boss was a little bit more challenging with all the AoEs. Eh, just dodge. One nice thing about running stuff with trusts as your first one is, if you're not 100% sure about what's going on with the mechanic, you can usually watch what your trusts are doing because they apparently all watched the video beforehand. Yes, and they will move, and they will dodge, and they will walk out of AoEs, or if there's markers that appear on their heads, they'll know what to do. Yeah, they play it a little conservatively. I notice that when they're dodging, they stop DPSing. It's like, come on, guys, up time. Right? Yeah. Disappointment. But uh, Also, do they only do single target attacks yeah, forever? Because, oh my god, yes. it's yeah. horrible. Yeah, like, they are made to be consistent and reliable but you will get faster results with players use your aoe skills people this is intentional and working as uh design i know we're just being facetious and oh uh, no i know i know if you want fast clears you got to deal with people yeah because it, it did take me just over half an hour to clear holminster switch with um with Estola, alice and alfano which is about in line with the uh, expectations that they said. Yes. Half an hour isn't too bad. So I've had less than great people that have, it's taken half an hour. Well, that usually wipes are involved with that. Yeah. So then the reason why we they want us to go after these um, Wardens of Light is because the Exarch believes that we have the capability to keep the Warden's Light Aether from corrupting another soul. Because the yeah. they've been We've taken out that. in the past, but their Aether is so strong that it actually ends up turning whoever defeated them into another Light Warden. And his, uh, um, his, his theory proves to be correct as we absorb the Light Warden's Aether, and store it in ourselves. 
we absorbed the power of the thing that we destroyed. And did not turn into the thing we destroyed. Because we're strong, we've I guess. The, we've got the blessing of light, yo. That That's True. the thought. That That's why oh, we can Tama. handle this. But, you know, not everybody is fully on board with this yet, and we learn more about that later on. Um, so, after we uh, defeat um, this Light Warden, we now move on to... Well, when we defeat that Light Warden, we get that gorgeous moment where, with the light being absorbed into us, uh, the, the brightened sky slowly, like, uh, fades oh, yeah. to that gorgeous star-studded night. Oh yeah, that was pretty sweet. I liked that. Yeah, you had lots of reaction shots because you've got people. Since it's been for a hundred years, almost very few people alive. I was about to say no one, but then I was like, wait, no, LSN do have longer lifespans, and I think a couple of others do. But very few people alive have a memory of ever seeing the sky like this. So that is something that they totally play for everything it's worth. People looking up, being amazed, staring at this beautiful, gorgeous, star-studded sky. And the sky is absolutely gorgeous. The first one that breaks, the first time you see it, you're like, I didn't realize how much I missed this visual because of how busy everything else was. And then all of a sudden you go, holy crap, it looks really cool at night. Mm-hmm. It is indeed fabulous. Um, at this, point, it's a go really good, uh, feel-good moment. Like I was, was wasn't expecting that we would have a victory that early, where we actually get to push it uh, back the night there, or push back the light. It was kind of interesting when we knew that we were going to have multiple boss fights, and that they were all going to be. Light Wardens. And then our first one was super early, like you said. And then we go, okay, well, we're supposed to turn and we didn't. We seem to be good. And then from the meta perspective, we go, I'm level 71. There's a lot more stuff to do. What is going on? And now we have a narrative hook that's really pulling players through because we're not sure what's happening here. This is very different than Heaven's Word. It's very different than Stormblood. This is something that is new. It's a world that we haven't had allusion to at any point. And we are doing, yeah, we are doing the big shiny stuff from the get-go. You're right. So once we uh, bring Knight back to Lakeland, we go back to our uh, um, in-room and a dark, ghastly vision starts uh, forming in front of us. Hey, be nice. Well, it is. And then I looked away from the mirror. <laughs> womp, womp. But it, oh. it slowly starts to take shape, and we recognize it as uh, somebody we encountered back in Heaven's Word. Somebody named Ardbert, one of the Warriors of Darkness. I, and I think a lot of other people, really liked those sequences. There was a much clearer like division of the story into acts, with having this moment where we would, uh, because this is not the nowhere near the last time uh, that we would uh, see him going back to the inn, where uh, after a bunch of stuff is done, we would go back, we'd have like this clear division, take a moment to reflect on what happened, maybe talk about some other aspects of it. And I 
feel like it really helped with the structure of not just having everything bleed into each other. It made it a very clear act. Yeah. But the nice thing about this bit is basically our presence brings him back from, he was losing himself over the past hundred years on, on the first, um, all of his friends are gone and he has been wandering, um, the lands for the last hundred years without purpose, without meaning, with without a body and was about to be lost to the ether and we bring him back from the from the edge and he becomes our little ghost friend we see him quite frequently throughout the story and it actually he has some really interesting uh, commentary on the story as well i i kind of grow to like ardbert Oh, I liked him back in Heavensward. I was like, when do we get more of these characters and leave it to Square Enix to take concept art and turn it into actual like plot developed characters? I wanted to see more of him. And now we finally get to. Oh, yes. Um, so he kind of uh, talks with us about what, what's been going on, how he's been wandering the last hundred years. Um since um, he he and the others came back with Minfilia to try and uh, stop the uh, um, flow of all the light ether from taking over the entire world, which left us with what we have now. And he is going to be kind of, like I said, watching our journey and uh, telling us when we fuck up kind of thing, or, you know, kind of just fill in some of those gaps. He's kind of a plot armor closer kind of thing. I don't know how to explain him perfectly, but he does have a lot of plot armor. Yeah. Like a lot, which I thought would be more of a concern, but honestly it was every time you come to the in room, he shows up and he gives you more exposition, (laughs) but you're also coming in with like, this is what I just did. And he's like, yeah, here's why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, it's been really fun to watch. Yeah. He fills in some He's of the, the gaps. Who, yeah, he knows a lot of what's going on, but he doesn't necessarily know what's significant until you go and do all this stuff. Exactly. So he's the one who's after we can be like, oh yeah, I remember that from when I was an adventurer and yada yada yada. All right. So once we uh, t- uh, talk with Ardbert, we are, we then go talk with the Crystal Exarch, and we are told to go try and find. Somebody named Minfilia and the person who's been taking care of her after uh, helping her escape from Yulmore, Thancred. So we're going to go reunite with more people. We kind of get a story about the Minfilias. Apparently, um, our Minfilia came here a hundred years ago to... uh, Stave the the flow of light ether from you know taking over the small area that's left on the first, and her essence has been passed down for generations into young girls, who are also then called Minfilia. And uh, we this is no exception. There is a girl with bright blue eyes, blonde hair who has a uh, striking resemblance to uh, um, a younger version of the Minfilia we knew, and Thancred has to go and save her now. 
Uh, side note, both this and the original story about the uh, Flood of Light and the, uh, all that, uh, I really like the uh, children's books that they used to tell the stories. Oh there. my god, that was hilarious. Way, when that first happened in the Crystallium, I thought he was just being racist. <laughs> Wait, what? Well, because you're it, it, you're a, a dwarf. Um, Alala fell, so it's like, oh, oh, here, have a here, here, have a children's book. I mean, speaking, <laughs> of, speaking as a librarian, I have on more than one occasion recommended children's books to adults who are looking, say, for instance, to learn about uh, basics of gardening or cooking or oh, other yeah. stuff like it's that. It's understandable, but it's just yeah, it's the, like my ladder fell turning up and looking yeah. up and he's like, here's a children's book. Oh. <sighs> oh, really? <laughs> this is something that's going to be written for people who are not necessarily familiar with the material, who are just starting out. It's going to be at an accessible level. I wish there had been even more children's books, and I appreciate that they did seem to have a different illustrator for each one. <sighs> Great mechanic there. Children's books are amazing, people. All right. Yes, Anyways, that's true. Yeah, sorry. Just when we talk about how you feel. <laughs> All right. Oh my gosh, I have so many. Let me tell you about trends, about trends in children's and teen literature. So oh, while we mute Sarah, just kidding. That's uh, fair. <laughs> we we actually end up coming across and and joining up with Menphilia and Thancred. I can't remember exact the exact circumstances. If we had to go and break them out, or if they were breaking out and we join up with them in Lakeland, is that what it is? Yeah. I believe so, yeah. And uh, we are chased by uh, some of Vothri's men uh, and his uh, general, Ranjit. God, that oh, is an asshole. this dude. I, I haven't hated somebody this much since the Griffin. Sloppy. Honestly. Anyway. But he... He's relentless. His character design is just hideously well done. <laughs> well, he fits. He fits exactly what his role in the narrative is. But God, is he ugly. And that's I, perfect. I wanted him that way. I grew to hate him more and more as it went on. And I think that's also, like, perfect. Oh, exactly. You want to grow. I don't know if really I hated him. Thing. I was just like, just go away. I'm sick of you. You should be dead by now. Like, can't you be dead? Haven't we killed you already? Oh, we haven't? Well, shoot. Oh, well. So in order to try and uh, escape from them chasing us, um, we get the great idea to go and uh, talk to Pixies. And and try and find somebody else who is up in that area. Who happened? It happens to be. Uh, uh, the, the, uh, why can't I think of his name now? Sarah, help me. Like Arianze? Yes, thank you. Couldn't remember who it was. <laughs> well, I knew who yes, it was. I just uh, couldn't remember his name. I, I hate when I blank out like that. No worries. Uh, the pixies are uh, ones who migrated uh, as a result of the flood, setting up shop in where we would call Karthus, and which used to be the kingdom of Verbert, but has long since been abandoned. Uriange is very well uh, suited to dealing with the unique challenges that they provide. Uh, I giggled more than a little bit when they uh, someone talked about how they uh, grew to like him after he engaged in a seven-day riddle contest with them. It's like, yeah, <laughs> that's Uriange. That definitely sounds like something he would do. Also, the side quest put him into into light as well. 
So, full disclosure, I have never actually fully trusted Urianjay. Strictly because for all of Realm Reborn, he just hangs out in the waking sands. And then he shows up every once in a while when plot is happening. And I just, he didn't feel like he engaged with the player as much as a lot of the other Scions do. And now here, hood off, new outfit, new skills. He's in battle with you and he's doing stuff. And it was one of those moments where we're finally happy he's doing something. Where the hell has he been for six years? Well, and I mean, and the best part, he's still super deceptive. Yeah. Yeah. I still don't trust him, by the way. <laughs> like, like, that's not changing. You guys have done the side quest, right? Oh, yeah. Not all of them. Where he's like, oh, I sure do not like tea and crumpets. That's things I don't like. And then the fairies are like, oh, you don't uh, like the quick. Hang on. <laughs> uh, let's request revolting refreshments i've got the yeah. dialogue here yeah ah uh, yes they set up a thing where they are preparing uh all sorts they're going to play tricks on Urianje and want you to help them and then you yeah. help them prepare this strange leaf water and this fragrant treat and it's like <laughs> we never tire of seeing him gag as he sips the brown water but he's so polite he always drinks it to the last drop why i always <laughs> feel sorry for him Oh my god, I remember this quest now. No, I didn't do that one yet. Oh. And then he's like, oh no, I don't like it when my house is clean. Yeah. <laughs> I sure don't like it when somebody cleaned my house and ordered a pizza for me. Man, that was terrible. Oh, my clutter, that was all over the floor. All of my clothes are in the closet. Damn it. <laughs> Heads up, I'm hiring for a, uh, a house fairy if anybody's got some free time. <laughs> Just saying. No, but, don't call them house fairy, probably. Yeah, I feel like that's... Yeah, we're not even going to worry about that right now. No, it's problematic. Okay. House elf? Better? Not better. Until the dummy gets a sock, anyway. <laughs> I've lost All right, control. back on topic before we get too far off to here. All right, so we we go in and uh, we meet with some of the pixies who are actually I found them delightfully uh, um, playful. I I enjoyed my time and, and these are some of my favorite quests. They are a like a pretty damn good depiction of a lot of the traditional things about the Fey folk. And they it, are fun and entertaining, and they want to play and. Maybe don't understand that people break sometimes. We we get a little bit of uh, um, info on them through through the quest lines as we go through the main story in this zone. Um, there are four different types of fey folk in the area. There are the pixies, the numo, the what are the water ones called? Uh, the floth. Yes, and then the uh, um, the amaro. Yes, the, the, the big giant birds are also considered, when they gain sentience, are considered uh, fairy folk. I mean, they are like heavily uh, bred and mag magically modified from ancient lizards, so they're in a little bit of a weird state there. Yeah, but um, it's like the, uh, um, the pixies are all the spirits of dead children. 
that's a story that goes around anyways. I'm not sure if, um, like, do we actually have any backup on that? It was kind of implied. Just like the, the, uh, the Thoth are, uh, the spirits of drowned. Yeah. That's one of those other things that, again, like drawing from a lot of traditional stories about fae and fairies. I don't know about the new Mo though. They're, they're, they're puppy dogs, I guess. Cause they, they, they're very happy to, to, to please you. And very upset with Uriange for using the words of power. <laughs> You'd forgotten that bit, hadn't you? I had. That was, oh my god, I laughed so hard when, I, when I, they did that. Yeah, Uriange is a sassy little bitch, and I, I really loved a lot of his scenes in here. He's still deceptive as all hell, but... But we, we learn that... Um... Their, the fairy king, Titania, had taken on one of the Light Wardens in years past and was subsequently taken over by the, the, uh, the Warden's uh, ethereal energy and became the new Light Warden. So they've, they locked it up in the, to in the castle and uh, split its um, keys up amongst the four types of fey folk in the zone. So we have to work with all of them to get their trust and get the, uh, the, the, the sacred objects in order to unlock the castle. I thought it was a really interesting way to introduce the, uh, the, the different tribes or the different types of uh, um, fairies that we get introduced to and then progress the story. I, I guess I enjoyed um, Ilmeg probably the most out of any of the, the bits. It was definitely one of my favorites. That dungeon though, too. <sighs> Underwater and that last boss. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, so that one, uh, there's a lot said about uh, the kind of illusionary nature of uh, the of the various fae, this is a dungeon where you're having all sorts of beautiful things. Vistas of a gorgeous night sky, which we know can't be correct. Definitely a lot of playing with perceptions in that one. But uh, we we go through the uh, that dungeon, and I, I love that last spot where you got that um, mechanic where the floor splits open, and you ah, have to go yes. across the, uh, the the balance beam. Yeah, so a large section of the floor vanishes, and there's kind of a tight, a twisting tightrope-ish path, which that one was an especially fun one to do with trusts, because every one of the trusts handles it a little differently. And the way that they handle it kind of fits with and speaks to their personalities. Uh, so Thancred runs it on the first bit and then jumps across the remainder. Cheater. Yeah, Uriange casts a monoport to teleport himself across. Cheater. Uh, Alice breaks into a sprint across the entire twisting path, saying so long as I said, oh, come on, we know this is an illusion. Alphino is doing like a careful, careful walk for the first bit with Carbuncle faithfully following behind, pauses and uh, tells himself to get it together and then goes into a mad dash for the last bit saying, I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid. <laughs> That's amazing. I yeah. need to do that. 
Yeah, and Minfilia also moves fairly slowly. She actually will not uh, clear the beam before the mechanic finishes one way or the other. Because the really? goal is to, is to get acro across and damage the thing that is charging up a huge attack. Yep. Ah. And then the Nicknar just constantly falls and falls and falls. <laughs> yeah. If you are very quick on the uptake, you can outrun Alice on it. But you have to be really fast with it. There's a pretty good chance that Alice is going to beat you there. The entire time being like, why are we doing this? We know this is fake. Except for the times that I we fall. Well, yes. Because if it happens in your mind, it happens in real life. Right. Or if you All right, run Morpheus. into healer and then you rescue your friend. Yeah, because rescue drops you in the pit, uh, too. Does that work? Can you just rescue people over nope, the gap? it drops you in the pit. Yeah, oh! I, uh, 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 I think he's... Yeah. I mean, I guess you could rescue them back to the front just to make them extra mad at you, because that's apparently a thing we do now. So, yeah. yeah. So, eventually... Dear the, me, troll healing. The quest line brings us all the way through. We get all the items. We unlock the castle, and we are... Um, now face to face with the new light warden of Ilmeg, Titania, the king of the fairies. And the size queen. Oh man. They used all the gender neutral terms and it was actually kinda neat. I approve I really appreciated that, actually. It was a little subtle thing, but it definitely made the expansion more fun. And be like, oh, we actually are we care. It's really nice when they take time to care. Mm-hmm. But it, I think this was an amazing fight. The music was fun. It fit. La, 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 la. Oh, oh the music is a banger. It's so yeah. good. Some people okay. are, are really annoyed by it, but I, I, I like it. I, I appreciate Lame. it. Yeah, I mean, it was really. I remember also in Don Meg, lots of the tune things, although it wasn't a direct thing of, there were little motifs from like Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies or the Nutcracker or things like that. I forget exactly which one was, but there's like some classic thing that was like, okay, it's not actually taking the tune, but it's like kind of leap motifs of it. So it really had that fairy feel to it. And this also had that sense of like, hey, this is a fun frolic sometime. Which was in wonderful contrast to the deadly battlefield going on all around us. And it kind of Bigger fit that is better! Uh. <laughs> it kind of uh, fit that whole feel of the fairies as like, hey, yeah, they're just in it for having fun, and maybe this is something that's about to kill you, but they don't care because this is so much fun! Yes, they, they are having a blast with it, but uh, we need to still take out Titania and... Humans break! We don't uh, we don't bend that way. Don't do that, fairies. Too late. So we we beat Titania, and once we get out, we uh, learn that uh, Ranjit and uh, his men have broken through uh, the uh, Pixies' um, spell and are basically attacking the the Pixies now. Yeah, this. So that ac they actually showed up and had uh, started in as we were approaching the castle. Yeah, it happens more than once where Yulmore is right on our heels, and the bet they are way too strong for us to oppose directly. The best we can do is try to bring back the knight to make it a foregone conclusion before they can get to us. But it is a 
feels like a constant race against time, and they're really keeping the pressure up on us. So really made for some tense moments there. But I I um loved the bit where um after we had beaten Titania, um our our fairy our pixie friend Faye Ol that we met at the Crystarium. Um, Hot take: Faye Ol is the true star of this expansion. True. Yeah. Yeah. It, I can agree with that. They're, they're like, well, now you can take on the the mantle of uh, of the fairy king, and uh, we're like, mm, nah. We're, but you we're get good. to live forever and play with them. We're like, we're good. We got stuff to do. Why don't you take it? So, failed. And then she does takes over as uh, Titania, and we then go with Titania now. Fail Titania, and we go kick Ranjit's ass with um and his men, which is the when we actually realize that those little um grass men are actually people that were turned into to shrubberies because oh, that was... they start turning uh the the uh, U- soldiers into these grass men. Oh yeah, that was something that was actually mentioned or hinted at. Uh, by some of them in the some of the little quests that you have to do. So it's like, it's like, yeah, they're sweet and innocent, and this is what we do to our friends that we really like, so they could stay with us forever. Yeah, the that, they are not nice. The no. quest where we actually had to go water them. <laughs> don't think about it. Just don't think about it. Smile and nod, and you might get out of this largely untransformed. That's Everything about the information scares me. Yep. Yeah, it's actually kind of great. There's lots of stuff where they talk about, like, for instance, if the pixie, if they're asking you questions, don't answer them. And a lot of people who just blazed through all the text didn't know about that. And so they went ahead and answered the pixie's questions and had all sorts of fun stuff done to them as a result. <laughs> I went ahead and answered them because I was like, this is fun and I wonder what they'll do to us. We have established that if I were to ever encounter actual pixies, I would have a great time and probably not survive. I mean, are you going to have a great time, though? I like, I'll see it coming and be like, wow, this is an absurdist masterpiece. Life is a farce. Been nice knowing you, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Maybe I just so appreciate their sense of humor. We we bring darkness back to Ilmeg, and we have a lot of friends now. All of the uh, the Fae folk are now friends of us, the Warrior of Darkness. Both for bringing back the night, and because we're kind of best buds with the king. Yeah, that helps too. The king is our beautiful branch. Oh, grant us your soccer! Oh, God, the bit where we had to talk fail was just hilarious. Oh. You're not wrong. We had, we had fun, though. Yeah. All right, so once we do that, we, get, we go back to Crystarium again, and we are met by somebody we were hoping we wouldn't meet. Every and everybody's thirsty over him for some reason. Oh God! Uh, we are we run into um, good old Emmett Sass. 
Well, we, we do we know that it's Emmett Selk until he Not introduced yet. him as himself have, as Emmett Selk? Yeah, we uh we know him as hey, it's this guy who's Solace. a bit weird. Yeah. Uh I don't think we had ever met him as Solus. One of our uh companions says that like, hey, you would see that face in a lot of Garlean history books. But you would also see much older versions of him, so something's a bit off here. Even if though we don't know, we personally shouldn't know who he is. He still has the Garlean third eye, all the other stuff. So it is clear that something is up. I don't think there is actually any point in the MSQ prior to this where the Warrior of Light has encountered Solus. That's true. I don't believe so. I think this is the first time. We just get all those scenes. Meanwhile, well, yes. back at the capital. We we, the players, know. The yeah. Warrior of Light themselves has never actually encountered. Yep, so he's here to watch. He's not here to be an enemy. He's not here to interfere. So he says. Even though what we're doing is totally just, uh, you know, messing up his plans. So he tells yeah, us. He's, he's not a fan, but... He's also concerned about the whole, like, I murder you, mur you murder me, we go round and round and round, no one's actually getting anywhere. Let's try this whole, like, learning about each other thing. Because he's pretty damn sure that if we just get to know him and what he's all about and what's going on here, that maybe we can actually work together. Which, of course, everyone is like, no. oh, friendship <laughs> with open arms. Friendship yeah, no, they don't magic. They don't no. believe it for a hot second. Absolutely not. My option is to trust Emmett Selk or not. Absolutely not. Yeah. He can go. Unfortunately, take that's a not long how walk. it works. Yeah, because he can kind of come and go as he pleases. And he and does. He's got, he's got a fair point about like just us cr clashing against each other over and over doesn't really get us anywhere. And at least trying something different to try to break the cycle is not an unreasonable thing to try. Very true. Very true. Like, he is yet another antagonist who, on once in one sense, we knew was going to we were going to be dealing with, and in the other, hasn't actually made much of an appearance up to that point. Uh, where it's like, it's a hard to get a read on what exactly his game is here. So, I mean, until we can really figure out what Emmett Selk's endgame is, we kind of are stuck with him at this point. We, we we really can't waste our resources trying to beat him or, you know, because, well, it's we, we, we're ill-equipped to defeat an Ascian at this moment. We don't Especially have it. Especially with everything, everything else we have on our plate. Exactly. I mean, we don't have white magic. White, is it magicite or aurasite? White aurasite. Uh Orianger actually did uh, give us a piece that he had been preparing. So we do have that, but it's... Even then, this would uh, be something that, okay, we have this huge fight in the middle of forever, and then Yulemore comes in and picks up the pieces. Yeah, it would like, end up... We're not really in a position to actually do anything here. So, so he kind of tags along and uh, is kind of a, an annoying, squeaky third wheel. I thought he was delightful. And Liar. he gives us all sorts of little bits of uh, glimpses of ins insight and lore into things. Because yeah. he's so sassy. Figures you would like the sass. Ugh. I, I tolerated him insofar as I needed him for the narrative. Oh, I adored him. 
All right. You know what? I think uh, let's go ahead and uh, we're going to have to pin it at this point, guys, because we're going to be going for about four hours. So one right. thing one thing I do want to mention in the uh, wrap up scene at the end, uh, first off, in the dialogue options, there's a lot more warrior of douche options where we can give <laughs> kind of a dickish response. Which <laughs> a lot of them I thought were just kind of funny. Some of them were things that people had been expressing or feeling for quite some time. So it was hilarious to see those as options. Oh, yeah, I, I really am so happy we got a lot of. We, we get, the story team did an amazing job with our uh, our options mm-hmm. here. We we got to oh, play around with it a lot more, and how they wrote the interactions with that it, it was it was golden. I tried to yeah. take a few of those options as well during the stream and just to see what happens, and I was not disappointed. Yeah, especially in something where there's a lot of really heavy, emotionally heavy scenes. And so having that comic relief to mix it up in there really helped that from getting to be too much. All right. Uh, the reason I want to bring that up is in the scene at the end where we're checking uh, after all that. Uh, first off, we do have a lovely little surprise of a basket of sandwiches that the exarch uh, had delivered for us <laughs> mm. and this is another one that the community and the artists have run with uh from just a, oh he, he had sent sandwiches to people have things of him like in the kitchen preparing sandwiches all sorts of uh, drawings of the crystal exarch being cute with a lovely little picnic basket full of sandwiches like they just ran with that characterization and it's adorable uh, why not they can and fan art is a thing that this community absolutely loves right but so then uh when art bear shows up is talking to you about the stuff one of your dialogue options is to be like hey dude you're putting me off my meal here <laughs> at, at which one is like it's like wow dude but, okay i guess that's fair all right what's good conversation and so he likes trying to figure out all the stuff to talk about and he starts talking about a set of adventures that they had once upon a time where they had to gather all these ridiculous ingredients for this feast Cue slight look of surprise on your character's face. You start talking, and you two share a thing of like, okay, apparently this is something that just happens in every world. So everybody has to go get wine and cheese, huh? Well, I mean, theirs might have been a little bit different. Maybe they had to get like a full hummus spread or something using with, with special... some ale. Mm-hmm. Hummus and ale. The sorcerer is weird. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that was one that just stuck out of my mind because uh, when I saw that, I that was one of the first ones where I went back and watched the scene and be like, I wonder what happens if I am that dickish. And got instead of having the touching reminiscence about the Amaro and things like that, I got this other fun little look into it. And having this whole like, hey, you can sometimes take the sassy thing and they're not going to just punish you for it. You're going to get to explore other different things and lots of different kinds of characterization. That was just one that really stuck out in my mind, and where I was like, "Good job, writing team! You really put in a, a lot here." Yeah, they put in a lot of effort. There's in jokes. There's lots of little subtle stuff. There's things like you know, oh, the landslides. Oh God, the landslides. You know, like oh, little, man. Jo- little jokes that make us as players really look, recognize that they remember us the look of exasperated despair when we are turning a. Uh, the Crystarium and see the markets and see the wonders that they've developed and brought out from the tower. <laughs> As it pans across the thing and we see a <laughs> countertop on which are set out tombstones. And it just cuts to us with this like 
so look of surprise that just sinks into exasperated depression. Like even here, the tombstones. Even the here, all the poetics. Oh my god, that was too fun. Yeah, I do not know anyone who did not break down laughing at that point. Which again, uh, after a, uh, after a whole bunch of like heavy serious stuff, that moment of comic relief really broke the tension. Which was nice. Yes. So let's talk important part of writing. All right, so we're gonna put a pin on the uh, the MSQ, yes. but let's talk a little bit about um, Eden. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. So, all the uh, it's a little bit of a foregone conclusion, but we are successful in a lot of our efforts to uh, we are ultimately successful in our efforts uh, to save Norvrant, uh, get rid of the light, and bring back the night. But that's Norvrant, and you've still got this huge thing of the entire rest of the world, which is just this white emptiness. Dead emptiness. And uh, Eden is this uh, thing that uh, Minfilia Reen has a uh, sense that uh, she and Thankery go out to investigate as the first Sin Eater, as uh, one that started this entire flood, and that they're able to figure out because of its nature is something that might be able to be used to reverse the effects of it, to start the ether flowing again. And so as part of that, uh, we first have to take control of it, defend it against attackers coming from uh, mysterious, like, vo uh, void scent attackers, and then use its power to start returning the flow of ether by kind of fighting remixed versions of some of our uh, most familiar primal enemies. That covers about the basics of it, doesn't it? Yeah. Give or take. Plot-wise. So, was anybody else kind of weirded out by the fact that it turned out to be a giant uh, machine? I mean, that was... I'm, are we getting Omega 2? Because that was a little bit of a concern. Alexander? Yeah. Hey, hey, we already had that. It was the twinning, and the music was awesome. <laughs> You're not wrong, but we're not there yet. Yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, Eden in FF8, it was always unclear what the hell it was as well. It was just, hey, here's this thing that uh, this Guardian Force that you can get. You go to this undersea lab, and you uh, get it, and... It does this stuff, and it has a super long summon where it's unclear what exactly is happening. Oh my god, that remake of, of that scene from the, the, the from 8. It was they, just a shot-for-shot shot remake of the, uh, the scene for, uh, for bringing Eden out, and it was amazing. They clearly blew their entire effects budget in the uh, first fight, and that's why none of the others had those DPS check ult phases. I'm okay with that. <laughs> kind of worth it but i mean we still have yet to really learn how this device this thing um caused the first to become overrun with a uh, light ether yeah uh well i will say one of the things that was uh Uriange told us about in uh il meg is the whole concept of light, dark, astral, umbral, they use different terminology for some of the stuff than we would use in the source. And so when they're talking about light, and it's 
stasis is the word that I pretty much started using, where it's like for them, light is this whole thing that would be we would we, it would be more akin to what we think of as umbral forces, yeah, well, where it's it, like kind of slowing, stagnating. All right. Yeah. Let me rephrase in it, it, how Eden yeah. ended up um, stopping right. the flow of ether. Yeah. But so, yeah, that yeah, that is one of the things they talk about Eden didn't actually get rid of or it just kind of stopped uh ether from flowing entirely and that created this huge kind of wave of stasis stagnation that uh went and reduced so the ether is all still there it's just kind of like frozen in like the metaphorical sense not in the temperature sense come on let it go yeah <sighs> but so there is that question of like okay if it's if it's turned from this thing of oh it would, like there got to be too much light into there was some type of thing that triggered it well now if you've got a trigger then it's like a, okay was there something that pulled what pulled that trigger it's something that answered some questions but in the process just created new deeper questions about okay so what was the underlying cause but the fights were fun oh yeah do we want to talk about the fights? Just a little bit? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. All right. So the first one, in order to gain control of Eden, we have to fight Eden. Or yeah, a, a, I was, a simulacrum of Eden. Yeah, I was a little surprised. I figured it was going to be like, a, okay, it's like going to be like the others. We are going to have to fight through this thing and then eventually to the thing. It's like, nope, you're going to the core right away. You're just going to go and fight the thing directly. No Faust here. <laughs> no. Which was well, kind of nice. You, you're kind of wrong there. There is a Faust. Not here. Two Fausts. Not here. The angels uh, uh, reskinned Fausts. Hmm. But we don't it, have to fight him. Phase. We don't have to fight him beforehand. Yeah, he's not no, the gatekeeper. I'm he's just saying the actual ad phase is... Uh, actually, reskin versions, reskin models of the uh, Fausts. Neat. Yeah. Oh, that's I cool. I haven't yeah. done my Eden for the week. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna keep an eye out for that when I go in again. Yeah. I think I've done mine. I should. Go I check. don't. Yeah, I know I did mine, but I think I'm missing one. I think I'm missing three. No, I, I finished two, my two today because I was missing two items, and I was lucky to get them before the show. But yeah, I definitely felt like okay. I understand the pattern. They're going to be doing it here. So that was def. That was one where it's like. Wait, they're changing it up. They know that uh, this is the pattern we're used to, and they've gone ahead and changed it up, and we're fighting this thing immediately. We take control of it after the first fight. That's not how this goes. Right. Like, I'm used to having to, like, leave Nero and Sid here for the next two years to try to figure this out. What do you mean we're good to go after this? Well, not exactly, because we then end up uh, being uh, attacked by, like uh, Sarah said, something f sent from the void. A giant flying thing comes from above, and uh, we have to fend it off. And it's carrying something, which is kind of yeah. odd. Yeah, that one actually, there's an attack on multiple fronts, so uh, Thancred and uh, Uriange, I think, are handling uh, the stuff from below while Reen generates a stage on top for us to fight. Yes, so we're taking on the, the, the enemy coming from above, or they're taking the ones that are uh, appearing from inside. So yeah, this is an all-out attack by these forces on all fronts, yes. the, which means whatever's going on, they are pretty damn serious about stopping it. The mechanics are amazing in this fight. Like I said, the, 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 the stasis bits... 
it took a little bit of getting used to, but I in, really enjoyed it. Um, and I really feel like it's a play. It's not not a placeholder, but I feel like it's a practice for the final tier. Yeah, it's fairly common for uh, the normal version of a raid to have a thing that's like introducing a mechanic, but maybe not doing a lot with it, but so that you will be familiar with it. So that they can, when you go into the extreme or savage version, they can oh, start no. ramping it up. Oh, I'm thinking of for you when you know who makes an appearance. Mm. Ah, because she's all about time magic. Possibly. Mm. I always felt like that was like a get used to time magic because later on it's going to be important. Yo, I heard you like time <laughs> magic, so. And yeah, lots impression. Lots of mechanics in that fight where an attack will be signaled well in advance. So you want to start yeah. reacting to it, but then you have others going off. And it's a, okay, you need to hold off on doing it, even though the indicator is flashing and distracting you and making you feel like you should be doing something about it until the actual time when it's going to resolve. And the timing changes on a lot of the attacks. They're not all the same. No, well, it they, throws you they, off. It throws off your equilibrium. It's yeah, nice. but it's always the same pattern, at least. It is, but like I said, in the fight, you know, this yeah. attack is going to have um, it only delayed for a few seconds. The next yeah. time that one goes off, it's going to be a little longer, but the next time it could yeah. be shorter. Yeah, until you've actually gone through enough to memorize it, you have to pay attention a lot more because you need to not just know what the thing is and how to do it, but when you're going to need to take care of that. And you have to not forget about it if it's something that's going to be a little while, yeah. while you're still getting all sorts of other mechanics thrown at you. Like when you're all stacked up because you're waiting for the stack marker to resolve, yeah. but people have the uh, the circle AoEs on them as well. Yeah. And you really, really, really want to move and not be overlapped, and it was uncomfortable to just keep letting them. I was like, I've got the entire party caught in this. I know, I know. I've still got 10 seconds before it goes off, but this is making me feel anxious. Yeah, there's quite a bit of it, that. It's annoying for that, though, because people just run off. It's like, no, stack! Don't, don't run! No, it's fine. We can just go. Definitely. And then... I wasn't using those hit points anyways. <laughs> <laughs> and then we end up... Uh, the the girl that it ended up carrying... Well, it ended up being a girl in armor. But... Yeah, uh, um, yeah that entire thing was essentially a mech. Kind yeah. of. But it was being, it was carrying her, like, literally, in its hands, it was carrying this armored girl. Which I thought was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so we... And we, I realized who it was after, like, a week or something. Like, of course it's her. Why didn't I think about it? Well, everyone else worked out, right? We'll talk. Um, about, we'll talk about that later. We don't. We don't want to spoil everything. Well, no. Not we, quite yet. I'm just thinking it's got to be her because it's the only character we've seen from the raid, who technically we haven't seen yet, and they showed oh. the full artwork. Yes, we did see that preview where we were told that this person was going to be. Oh yes, so we, yes, 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 yes. That's what you mean. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, it is very clearly that person, but technically, in the course of the plot, her name has not yet been revealed, but we all know. Yeah. Anyway, um, so then after that, we end up having to, like Sarah said, we're drawing out the different types of ether, um, a couple elements at a time, starting with water. 
through a method that the moment I heard, like the Eden storyline, although I was enjoying it, there is also a bit of, this is a story of, wait, this sounds like a bad idea. Wait, this sounds like an even worse idea. How do your ideas keep getting worse? This is a <laughs> terrible idea. Because the way to get this ether going again, to free it up, is to draw, find a place with a large concentration of it, draw it into this uh, kind of shaped form, and then disperse it. And this process maybe is a lot like creating and then slaying a primal, kind of. Like, exactly. Kinda. Why are we doing this? This is a bad idea! Because... This idea keeps getting worse! And the fact that they and make... And then we ghostbusted the plot. Oh. No, no, we... The fact that our uh, memory recall is so horrible is, is what just bothers me. Well, I mean, we're not necessarily, like, remembering it. We're just kind of yeah. having thoughts and impressions and the like. Well, to be fair, Leviathan, I don't see the issue. Titan's the weird one, but for Leviathan, I can understand it a little bit. Remember, both the head and tail will attack you in the normal, in the normal yeah. stream? Mm-hmm. I just felt like the, you were thinking back the fact, which one was I attacking, the front or the back? I'm getting attacked on all sides. But he didn't fire off giant laser it. beams that destroyed everything. Well, we yeah. had lots of other... Th- uh, yeah. Like, again, uh, like that was one of the things I was pointed out. The, visions, the versions that we fought were created by the visions that were had by people who had been worshipping these things for generations. Yeah. We're not necessarily just, like, perfectly creating a mental sketch of it. And besides, in battle, how much time did we really have to stop and take pictures and do sketches and the like? Yeah. There's going to be a lot more... How many times have we fought them? I mean, canonically, we only fought them, like, once or twice. And a lot of those other ones are us experiencing the battle in our minds. So you think we'd remember it better, then, if it's in our minds. Okay, so we're just going to have someone come at you with a sword on, like, 20 different occasions. And we'll see how much you remember about him on all those accumulated things. <laughs> right. I I definitely like the Leviathan fight, I think, more than the Titan one, strictly because of the Fallout mechanics, where if you weren't paying attention to where those attacks were coming from, you were going to lose the ground under you. Plus the side attacks... There was no AOE marker. You just had to look for the actual animation that wasn't actually on the battlefield. It was a fun, fun thing to keep track of multiple spots. It definitely feels like the Raid series is asking us to do a little more in terms of things like battlefield awareness. Yeah, I, I think it stepped up the difficulty a just a little bit. Speaking of difficulty, we might log out soon if we don't turn our cameras, just so you know, that guys. That could be a difficult thing, yes. Um, so then we... There we, we go. We take on um, and, and uh, disperse the water uh, ether with by taking on Leviathan. Then they decide, oh, you know what goes great with water to get life flowing? How about Earth? And uh, one thing that was kind of fun about that, the hub, I guess, uh, the place that we're going to in between our things. It, what do they usually call that area anyways? Lobby? The hub, I'd say. Yeah, it's, it's kind okay. of the lobby, I guess. Yeah, the hub lobby area, uh, as we return that first element, it actually returns to that area. So this uh, stark white landscape, when we return from Leviathan, water's flowing in it again. And there's actually a small lake and waterfalls and the like. And a giant and, blue way, crystal. And it's playing the music from Fantasy 8. Yes, it is. Oh, yeah. 
Very I think nice like the world touch. map music was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of Final Fantasy VIII music, and then when we actually fought those primals, there were remixes of the primal themes, which I thought was a really good touch oh, as well. Oh, Sokin did an amazing job on the remixes. Oh, the, uh, yeah, the Bowed Out Overdweller remix, and <laughs> yeah. And just in general, this is uh, this expansion, the music was lots of really good uh, catchy tracks and lots of leap motifs and stuff so it's both really catchy music and stuff that evoked all these memories and feelings from earlier things like it was masterful work yeah so let's talk i really about... wanted to highlight that let's talk about that titan fight now <laughs> aka i want that atv dude beep beep i'm a jeep i'm a jeep yeah no it's not a jeep as my as my friend in the Call, call, yeah, my party chat at the time. It's an ATV, an old Titan vehicle. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that very much. But yeah, we have this the uh, like still big, bulky guy, but seems a lot more agile. Has these like big cylindrical things on that seem to like charge up use for various attacks, and then a transforming sequence where they become. Kind of this little go kartish type thing, and he's just zipping around the battlefield like. And he, at least he has a helmet on. Yeah, Titan safe is yeah. the safety. Well, yeah, his face actually changed a bit throughout the fight, which was also yeah. kind of interesting. And he sings his own lyrics. <coughs> oh, no, Does no, he? Yeah, he, he has speech bubbles that pop up occasionally, which is the um, lyrics from his song. Oh, that's great! Yeah. Nice. I was tanking it, so I was not paying attention. <laughs> yeah, like like we were talking about in the pre-show, uh, Chili and I ended up getting into this fight in the same roulette. And yeah. um, <laughs> for the first time we ran through it, we one-shot it, but uh, only because of an amazing tank and healers. You guys just yeah. don't know when to quit. They didn't, and like I said, we also lit- we apparently learned that it does not have an enrage. No, there is no enrage. We literally oh, that was nice. did. Uh, they did three healer LB threes. Yeah. How do you even charge three of them? <laughs> there was, was so much house? death that uh, oh, it, they 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 built up very fast. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I mentioned this before in the pre-show, but. With Leviathan and Titan, not just the music, not just the other stuff, but mechanics as well. There's a lot of stuff that's sort of saying, okay, you remember how this fight goes. You know these general mechanics. We're going to take the fact that you probably know these mechanics, and you're still going to do them, but you're going to do things that are changed up a little bit. Which is, again, like dipping into that whole, these are these things you know, but at the same time, not. At the same time, different. Having that expressed in... uh, Using game mechanics to express story is always a big one for me. And so I really appreciated that. Things like when Titan's charging up those landslides, you actually want to get in the landslide for a moment and then you want to get out. But like this thing was like, okay, you have finally built up this instinct of what to do in this situation. And we are going to play with that and take advantage of that. Yeah, they're definitely derivative uh, mechanics. By the way... It's hmm? also possible to two-man Titan. A red mage and a white mage took 48 minutes, but two-manned it. Of course they did. God, why of course did they did this? Uh, to prove you can, probably. I yeah. mean, I bet... Was it red mage that did a solo run of uh, Deep Dungeon a couple years ago? 
yeah. the Adult Squared Force. It's just like, there's so much weird stuff that we do. Well, for that's this. because there's an achievement. Oh, it's yeah. true. I'm yeah. uh, not sure if it's... I think it's either the only or it's like the majority of solo deep dungeon clears are yeah. uh, from Red uh, Mages. In fact, that's one of the questions on the forums is because it's actually impossible now to solo Deep Dungeon and Heaven on High. Um, because of the way they've reworked the stats, you've actually got a lot less health under 50 than you did before. Oh, you hmm. would, huh? Interesting. So now you can't actually do them because you don't have enough health to survive the uh, mon- the boss's attacks. Oh, no! Well. Maybe they'll rebalance something about that. Yeah. That's probably more like a, hey, this is something we want to take care of than something they were thinking about actively going up to it. Yeah. Whoopsie. <laughs> but yeah, so going forward on uh, Eden, we uh, assuming that we continue the pattern, we're going to want to bring back all six uh, uh, elements. We've done two, so that would leave uh, four more. Uh, so f- potentially... Assuming that there's no surprises coming, which is not in a safe assumption. No. But assuming that we'd have four more remixed primal fights. I am very looking forward to seeing what they do for uh, Shiva, or what they do for Ice in general, given uh, who Shiva was and what that meant in ours yeah. and how that's going to affect it. Fire, wind, ice, but, and thunder are left. Right. Shiva's going to be a dragon. Maybe. Could that be. would be so baller. Ramu uh, is just going to be a giant beard. <laughs> no, no we get Ixion by accident. It'll be some kind of courtroom Phoenix Wright thing. Well, that'll be Ramu uh, mixed with Ixion mixed with Quizzical. Oh, God. Who? But so we've got, assuming that uh, you would have four uh, remix primals, but we'd have eight fights coming. So that still leaves a good amount of uh, things for developing the other things that are going on. Yeah. As I, mean, I said, it feels like there should be two primals per rotation. Yeah, that so. seems reasonably likely to me. Or and then could... maybe the other two devoted to finding out why exactly these things yeah. are coming from the void. It's also possible we're going to go through, we're going to finish the primals in the second set, and then we're going to figure out what happened in the third set, or what, where these are coming yeah. from, or the um, the person that came that we fought in the second fight. We'll find out more about that. I feel that it's more likely that we're going to get Ifrit and what? Ifrit and Garuda in the next one, and then Shiva and Ramu in the yeah. last two. I don't know about ordering, but I can see how uh, possibly doing that class, but I'm yeah. a little doubtful just because I don't think they'll let us cause like having a patch break where it's like, okay, everything's yeah. fixed and stuff is restored. That yeah. seems unlikely just for dramatic tension. Purposes. Well, that and the fact that it would. Uh, um, they're not going to just sit on this uh, NPC for this long. Right. No. Yeah. They like, can't. it's, it is potentially possible. Strictly speaking, in terms of how they could arrange things, it's possible. But yeah, it just seems unlikely that they would uh, sit on any development with that, that they would have, oh, hey, the work is completed and everything is good uh, for an entire patch cycle. Though yeah. so yeah. I do feel seems confident unlikely. in saying that we're not going to end the, the final boss in. Uh, 12 is not going to be a primal fight. I don't think so. Yeah. No, I think it's going to be Ultimacia. Oh, more, oh, that would be baller. More, There's a good chance of that. I mean, with, with the, the time mechanics yeah. we're experiencing now, yeah, like you'd said, yeah. it's very possible. And the whole fact that the um, you-know-who is, an, you know, what you call it, 
her thing is always about messing with time and messing with witches. So, so we'll have to. See. I mean, we have uh, they've they've already kind of in the the post um, scene. They, they you know that we're, we're we're not there. They did mention yeah. kind of who they think she is. Yeah. So we'll see. But overall, like I said, I'm I'm enjoying the raid. I hope that uh, everybody else is enjoying it as well, and uh, hope everybody has a wonderful time when Savage drops on Tuesday. Oh man, I they made the loot and the itemization so much nicer this time too. Oh, thank yeah. God! They've even changed how Savage gives loot. So Ooh. have they? What's the change? Yeah. Uh, now it gives coffers instead of actual item drops. Dude, okay. Oh hell's yes. Yeah. What is a bolt or a rod or a gear or a what? Dude, no. I mean, I had armor, greaves. Except it's yeah. so much yep. easier. I had mnemonics for some of them. Like a crank is something you turn with your hands, so it's going to be hand armor. The springs, bolt. well, that's like your legs, which lets you jump. You can put bolts on your fingers, so that's like a ring. Eh, or you could, like, if you have those huge gauge things in your ears, you could totally just put a bolt in there, so it's an accessory. Oh god. The chain is totally a belt because you could just wrap it around. And Nomura's probably made a character who has like 80 of them. And we all know why the shaft is the legs. Giggity. Uh, the shaft is the body. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, rip. But just there was, it was such a pain to try to keep track of that. And now it's like greaves of whatever. Antiquated like, and armor or something yeah. like that. Awesome. Or of antiquity, I think. But it's nice to know that it's like, okay, I need four for my body, four for my legs, one for my belt, one for each accessory, and two for everybody else. Awesome. And so many more of them drop. And so yeah, there's eight, eight drop. per. There's eight per. So if you're not picky and you just roll need on all of them, you will get, You'll get one something. and done every yeah. week. And even if you are, you're not going to have to say, well, I can only spam this one because this is the only one where this bit drops. Yeah, because it Which can is drop out of any of them. Yeah, yeah. But, I think each one like tends towards or has a little more of certain ones, so it's easier. Uh, to not get all of them drops on every floor. Like I found brightly the. Yep, one of each will drop on each don't floor. Don't drop on the first floor. No, one of each will drop on every floor. No, they won't. Are you sure? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's got, different I'll, every time. I've I'll, gotten like three bodies on one and zero bodies on the next time I ran it. But it's well, no, it's. it's Oh. It's floor three and four drop two bodies and two legs. Floor one and two only drop one of each. But because of that, one and two drop stuff that three and four don't, and three or four actually drop stuff that one and two don't. But it's still something where if there's yeah. a particular piece you're gunning for, you are not as restricted as you would have been, especially some of those really pop ones. How many times did we kill Brute Justice? every week yeah to, to try and get your body piece for months it was like this is absurd now it's just like hit all four you'll queue into one of them roll on the bodies when they drop did you get it no cool do it again you'll be done in a couple hours tops 22 sectors tested anyway fragments in all directions where's that new button for okay <laughs> it's gloves that can't drop on floor one Belt and boots can't drop on floor three. And head and belt don't drop on floor four. Uh, two things I want to note about that. Uh, first off, it's a this is the one where it doesn't drop rather than this is the one or two where it does. Yeah. And all of the ones where it can do that, 
it's uh, it's ones where you don't need as many, where you only yep. need one or two. The ones where you need four of them drop in all locations. Correct. Yeah, you only need two gloves, right? Two head, one belt. Yep. Yeah, two one belt. You need uh, four of body and legs, two of most of the others, one of belt and accessories. So, yes, you can't get them in those floors, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, because you only need two and you're going to have and more places yeah. than not drop them. But it's not be like my mate who farmed for like hours in floor one trying to get the gloves. Only to realize oh, it, they he doesn't drop get gloves. There. It is still a much kinder yeah. system in general, and I really appreciate it. Yes. It's oh, and, uh, uh, floor one drops three accessories, the rest drop two. Which makes sense. All right, so that takes care of uh, our Eden discussion. Now let's have a little bit of time to kind of reminisce over the past 100 episodes. Oh my gosh, that's like four years. Yeah, well, September 5th was uh, episode zero, I believe. Mm -hmm. And who were the hosts on episode zero? It was myself and Sarah, Luna, and... Tristan. <sighs> good times. It was a shorter episode because we were basically testing things, making sure everything was good to go, I think. Yeah, it was one of those like first episode weirdnesses. We hadn't quite figured everything out yet. Yep. We were talking about stuff and things. I don't even remember what was going on during that time, but the episode <laughs> is out on the website, phoenixradio.com, if you want to go listen to it, or on whatever your favorite podcatcher is if you want to scroll through all hundred and some episodes that we have. You said September 5th, 2015? Correct. I am going to go check the Lodestone archives and see what was in the topics. <laughs> oh, God. Because uh, after Tristan, uh, we had Sayo Mayo. Yep. Cause Tr- Tristan was only around for episodes zero and one. Because um, episode two was just... Uh, Luna had to take that day off, so it was just myself and um, Sarah and for Sarah. a couple episodes. And then Sayo joined us for a uh, a few episodes from about f- five until about twenty something, I think. That sounds about right because I ca- I found you guys somewhere in the teens, and he was on there. And Chili was joining us for a few of the uh, ones in the late teens, early twenties, I believe, as a guest. Chili was on the chat spamming the crap out of the donate button. I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> I sure was. Well, that was. <laughs> Let's see. That was also the time frame when we were uh, raising funds to go to uh, um, Fan Fest. That is true. Because Chili true. basically paid for Luna and I and Sarah to stay at the hotel. So, dang, <laughs> <laughs> bro. I think it was like two hundred and fifty dollars I donated. Something like that. You 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 donated it way more than you should have, but we thank you anyway. I'm seeing notes about uh, Heaven's Word Patch 3.07, the Tales from the Dragon Song War, uh, (laughs) a hairstyle design contest, Moonfire Fair. Oh, that was when they put the Bomb Dance and the Older Yukata up on the uh, Mog Station. Ooh. Let's see. I feel a thousand years old right now as you're reading stuff off. I was like, I remember doing that between classes in college. Oh, God. Transfer of the Chaos Data Center to Europe. <laughs> Duty commenced. Episode 8. 
Hey, we're not much higher than that, though. They're only like 30, so... Wow. Well, they only do them the every Eorzea month. The Eorzea census with the res information from the 14-hour uh, anniversary broadcast. Oh, and I think the European version of Duty Commence is on, like, episode 12. Jesus. Let's and see. then... Anything else going on around that time? The patch trailer for As Goes Light, So Goes Darkness. A preview of the Mistral's Ballad, Thornton's Reign. Lord of Verminion preview. Jesus, that's a dead thing I haven't heard about in a while. Dungeon preview for St. Mosian's Arboretum, normal type, and Pharaoh's Serious Hard Mode. Which, if I'm right, it was so hard, people had to nerf it. Oh, that sounds right, actually. Yeah, yeah, we were. Yeah, we, we started it just um, as 3.1 was about to be dropped. Pretty much. Crap. Let's I was see. taking a oh. long break at the time. And then we dragged him back in, apparently. I was in the same boat. I was like, I was taking some time off. I. I was homeless right after college and then finally found a place to live and then three months later took a job teaching in Japan and then spent all year preparing to move across the ocean. Moved. Everything went wrong. I came back and had nothing to do because I was jobless and broke. And I ended up finding this podcast and I found uh, 14 again after not playing for a couple years. And so I kind of came back into it through Phoenix Down, honestly. Um then, you know, kind of trickled into, like, uh, Remix and Emmy were guests, and then I started following Musecast, um, started following PlayStation Unchained, like, I just from you guys kept coming into everything else, and now I'm going, would I still be playing 14 if it wasn't for Phoenix Down? Probably not. Lancetti probably wouldn't be sitting here right now. I wouldn't have a legacy tattoo on my back right now. Like, this has been, you know, yeah, it's the little podcast that could. But at the same time, it's been when you look at how many people are tweeting us out and how many people are listening, how many people are watching right now. We've got quite the viewer base. We've got quite the people. It's kind of nice. Yeah, we have. It may be small, but it's very dedicated. <laughs> and said he, uh, I play 14 oh. not because of you, Talas. <laughs> I mentioned it and you joined later. You joined another server to play with else. Cry. But you joined us. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was. Sarah, did you think you that when I asked you to do this podcast with me, did you think that we'd still be doing it? Um, I mean, no, but I didn't really think we would not be doing it either. It was just like a that this just seemed so impossibly far away that I didn't even really have a thought about it one way or the other. It's just like, a, okay, well, we'll just roll for this however long it goes, and that'll be fun. What were your... But I, go ahead, sorry. Finish. Yeah, I just really didn't really have a specific thing of, like, how long I thought I would go or anything like that. It was more like a, hey, we're just going to take this one thing at a time. When I asked you to join, what were your thoughts of, in general? I mean... Uh, I you... mean, quite frankly, it was a, yeah, I've been kind of bored. This could be fun. I'll... I've never done much with podcasting. I'll try it out, and we'll see what happens. It'll be a fun learning experience. And these are pleasant people and nice to hang out with. Sure, why not? I'm going to try something new and exciting. I definitely did not expect it to keep going or to have as many like loyal followers and listeners as we do. So that's been really gratifying. So how's that house of Zayla going? Oh my god, I hate you so much now. 
There was such a nice warm moment, and then you did that to well, it. Well, if I didn't, uh, Kane would have. Then let him do it. I can't <laughs> oh. Love you too. Joy has been destroyed in this night. What are, what are you talking about? Everybody's laughing out there. That's fair. Uh, uh, and still got a knife from dinner. Uh, hold still, Klaus. I'm going to be there in like 10 hours. <laughs> that's, that's that's quite the drive. Have fun with that. It's yeah. longer than 10 hours, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I figure, oh, I'm not going to get allowed onto a plane. I'll just cling to the wheel or something. That'll work. I can promise you it's not a great idea. Oh, yeah. No, some people die that way. So how about you, but Chili? If I die at the right time, the knife will fall and maybe hit Klaus's Oh, my house. God. And then it'll, like, bounce off and he'll find it on the roof, like, several months later while he's doing spring cleaning. And we meet Sarah no. and we're moving on. <laughs> I did not think this revenge plan through. <laughs> nope. So, Chili, like I said, you were kind of the super fan that... Uh, uh, weaseled your way onto the show <laughs> and you've had a lot of uh, podcast experience prior to this but then you know you ended up uh, working with us for quite a while and you built up a um, we'll go around radio at the same time and now you're, yeah. you're you're working on that now on a regular basis with Paul um, when when you first encountered us what were your thoughts I thought, oh, these are cool. They're talking about fantasy. Oh, God, they got that bit wrong. Um, I want to be on. Talk. And then I kept listening and stayed around. I'm like, man, these are cool to watch. So, and I enjoyed every episode I was listening to. Especially Sarah's bits. He's cool. he's, he's the best. Oh, Lore is probably one of our most uh, highly recommended and uh, um, listened to bits, I would bet. Because people yeah. really want to know what causes things to happen, or where did this come from in the game? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff where we've talked about this with local, where for a North American audience, because they know that we like a little bit of a mystery investing, they'll hint at things or they'll bury things where they might be a bit more explicit about it in the uh, Japanese uh, localization, for instance. So this leads to a lot of fun stuff to investigate, but it also leads to a lot of stuff not always being as obvious. And having uh, people who can explain what's going on and clarify some of those bits turns out to be a really popular and in-demand thing. But yeah, it... And now here you are, the loremonger. Yeah. yeah. The lorebrarian. One of the people that uh, the community goes to for uh, questions on stuff. I mean, you are the law. I mean, I shit post a lot. It's just that usually within that shit posting is a grain of truth. And whoever can dig through to that bullshit pearl shall be the new king of. I forget where I was going with <laughs> This happens a lot. Now, I know that when I first started this podcast, I did not have any plans as to how long we will be doing this for. Um, you know, I, I didn't think that, oh yeah, we're going to be doing this for years. You know, we're not going to, I didn't, I thought, okay, it would be cool if we became the next limit break radio. Yeah. You know, not as far as the content, but the longevity of the product, you know, be, being able to do this for many years. I thought that would be an amazing thing to do. 
Did I ever have any illusion that we would get to that? Not really. But, hey, we're a good chunk of the way towards that now. We're in our fourth year. In September, it will be four years of doing this podcast. So, you know, and we're still going. We still have uh, a lot of stuff to talk about in this game. They're constantly giving us new things to discuss. We have an amazing community that does amazing things within this game. So we're going to keep covering that kind of stuff. Plus the fact that, you know, Final Fantasy is not a, a game series that is dying. We have remakes coming out. We're going to be getting an announcement for a new game here soon. I can feel it. that we're They're going to start talking about 16 soon. Yeah. They're going to have to. I mean, also given uh, just how uh, successful Shadowbringers has been, that this has been something that so many reviews have been saying. It's like, yes, we know it's an MMO. It's still amazing, and you need to play it. Yes, I mean, like, get that kind of success is something that any half decent person is going to be able to leverage into being able to do more fun stuff with. And I'm actually finding a lot of other streamers that are playing Final Fantasy XIV. Um, like I said, we're a part of um, a group called Minnesota Nice. And I was in a meeting last night and I was talking with a few people who had just started getting back into Final Fantasy XIV again. And, you know, just this story is pulling people into it and it's amazing to see. I, I, I love it. I'm using amazing a lot right now, but it, it's, it, it blows my mind with how much this game is bringing people in together. It's, it's really heartwarming that 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 game developers have that effect on people to to bring everybody together to enjoy something that they worked so hard on to and and, uh it's a it's just i I love it i love it (laughs) fabulous exciting thrilling yeah i should have used those instead right lancetti (laughs) (laughs) lancetti's a writer (sighs) but uh it's been so much fun to watch this game grow from getting to work at Nintendo and us being like, wow, that's a pile of trash because we were playing 1.0 back then. Yeah. And now we're like, oh, hey, do you want to share a hotel room? Like I spot a friend of mine at the we go to the gym together. She mains Red Mage. I main Warrior. And we're sitting there lifting weights talking about Final Fantasy. What? <laughs> That's not how this normally works, but this game has become so omnipresent in the marketplace and in our lives. It's it's grown bigger than I think any of us ever really thought it was to. Yeah, could it be the WoW killer? Possibly. Well, actually, WoW was technically the WoW killer, but... <laughs> yeah! <laughs> no, WoW is a record? I mean, when the thing they're now trying to sell is wow, without eighty-five percent of the game, that's not a good sign. No, that's not a good sign. It's interesting, and if this were a different sort of podcast, I would love to devote a lot of discussion to that, but maybe not now. (laughs) Yeah, I think we should just go ahead and. Let's let's go ahead and wrap this up a little bit then, because we have been talking for quite a while. And... Two hours. It is time. <sighs> but I think, you know, like I said, this is just we're at, we hit a hundred episodes, but we're not done. We have a lot more to talk about in this game, and I th- really think that 
as long as you guys keep listening, as long as we keep enjoying what we're doing, we're going to keep bringing you more and more episodes of Phoenix Down Radio, and hopefully they keep getting better and bigger, and we maybe, who knows? The future is uh, what we make it, so let's just keep having fun doing what we're doing, guys. I appreciate everything you guys have done to keep this as a successful podcast, so thank you very much. Thank you, Sarah, for being there since the beginning. Chili, Talas for joining us so early on. Um, as listeners, Chili as a host, um, Talas as a host now, um, to all the past hosts, to Sayo, to Tristan, to Luna, Luna, who is uh, taking time off, um, making herself a better person. Um, thank you for all the hard work you put into this as well, Luna. We couldn't have done a lot of this without you either. And I uh, wish you could have been here to, to talk about this with us tonight, but um, hope you're having a wonderful evening. Um, and to all of you listening out there, either live here at twitch.tv slash Phoenix down radio, or to listening on the podcast on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Google, um, Spotify, whatever, like I said, you guys are all the reason why we're still doing this. So thank you very much. So who wants to start with some shout outs? I'll go. Go for it. So Shout-outs to all of the guests that we've had over the last 100 episodes. Whether it was... Uh, have we had Fusion on this show? I don't even remember Yes, we've had Fusion point. on a couple yeah. of times. We've had Fusion on. We've had Remix and Emmy on. Um, Chili was technically a guest. I was technically a guest. Um, we've had a lot of people come through. and I yeah, we Shannon. have Shannon. Cor- yeah, Shannon. Uh, mm. Pete, I think, has been on at least once. We've had Pete and Avi on. We've had... Uh, yeah. um, We've had Yelta and uh, Ruby on. We, so, like, Callie that's a long... From, uh, oh, um, gosh. Check How many point? more people are we going to keep thinking of, you know? Uh, I swear Escalia was on here at some yeah, point. Yeah, Callie. Yeah. Twice. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. So, just so many people that have come on and, you know, been a support and kind of given us that shot in the arm and been like, hey, podcasting's hard. You know, realistically, it's it's hard. It's long. Editing can suck. Uh, posting can suck. Libsyn is a pain. You know, there's a lot that we got to go through. But having everybody keep coming back, either as a listener or as a guest, and remind us that we're doing this because we love this community. So thank you guys for being here, all of you. And how can they Brand find as you? Well. Oh, uh, you can find me here. I am Talos Marvelous. Uh, I could be found on Twitter at Tiles Marvelous. I post about terrible things in the anime industry, cool stuff about Japan, and weird shit about my car. Awesome. Chili, would you like to go next? If you're there. Is he awake? I think Chili might have fallen asleep. Uh oh. Well, then, Rip. Sarah, you're yeah, up. He needs it. It's true. It's All right. Uh, so let's see. Uh, oh. Shout out to my uh, co-workers, especially Bridget, Andrea, and Liselle, uh, who have been really, really awesome at helping me get acclimated to a lot of my new uh, duties as a librarian in, uh, in youth services. Uh, and for especially for the help of story time. That's been great. You're never going to hear this, but thank you anyways. Uh, shout out to uh, one of my Link Shell friends, Magnus Aurelian, for 
uh, helping with quick synthing a lot of the low-level materials that I was not quite at a level to be able to make, but I did not want to try to make like 20-odd things of uh, twin thread by myself. So thank you so much for that. Oh, come on. Why not? <sighs> Even I have limits on how much TDM I will endure. I only have so many podcasts to listen to. <laughs> Fair yes, enough. I know the internet is full of a literally endless number of podcasts. I still have limits. Uh, shout out to my good friends Andy and Austin, uh, who not only uh, and, uh, made together this week we made a really awesome veggie lasagna, but who then gave me the majority of it because they are going off to Gen Con uh, next week and they could not deal with the number of leftovers. A little bit envious of them, but also thank you very much for the covering my lunches for the next week or so. Yay! And a big shout out to all the co-hosts that we've had. I, you've had said your names, so I'm going to say it one more time. Tristan, Luna, Seo, Chili, Talis, and Klaus, especially like all the work that you uh, put into it. All the work that all of you have put in. Klaus in particular, a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff with hosting, with getting it on uh onto various services. I know there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that isn't always as visible, but it's just as, if not more valuable. And I want you to know that I see it and appreciate it. Shout out to you and thank you so much for that. And shout out to all of you wonderful people listening out there who keep coming back, who really, really like listening to story time. Uh, you're great. I love talking with you here. I love talking with you on the Discord. Uh, I'm always happy to hear your requests and to enlighten you on whatever. Send in those lore requests. Let me know what topics are bouncing around in your head because I absolutely want to start digging into them. And you can find me on Twitter at FFXIVSEYRR, where I mostly post pictures of random cool stuff that I or my friends cooked or entertaining things that I found at the library. Very nice. And now that Chili hey, is back, Chili is just back in I'm time. I'm back. Yay. You're back in time Welcome for back. your shout outs. Yay, my best part of my job. Yes. Um, Slow it down. Oh, God damn it. I mean, I can't be. Uh, I'll start out with some ones. I'll shout out to She Hills of Tank. Go check them out at twitch.tv. Twitch.tv so She Hills of Tank. Also, go check out Work to Game on his YouTube channel. Also, go, yeah, I'll shout, I'll shout to all the dwarves out there. Lally, Lordy Ho to all the Lally Ho! Lally Ho! Lally Ho? Hey, Susan. Shout out to Susan Sprinkles uh, for donating an Amazon plushie to move around radio to give away. So, yeah, Was Lordy Ho! Does that how that works? <laughs> um, Washoi? Yeah, seriously, it's been fun recording you guys again tonight. Shout outs to Klaus, Sarah, and Talus. Thank you. Congratulations on 100 episodes. Woo! Thank you for being a part of many of them. No and, problem. And you can, can find me at MG underscore chili. Thank you. Finally, I got to see something fast. And out on uh, um, Moogle Go Round Radio. You don't understand how painful that was, sir. <laughs> but it was much more under understandable. People didn't have to stop. Hit the button to slow down the speech on the podcast player. Wait for you to go, and then set it back to normal. Yeah, they could just actually the hear. Mean they can't understand it. They could actually hear all of the different people that you're shouting out, and be like, "Oh, now I actually know what to look for on the Google." 
or whatever it is he did say these days. Yeah, exactly. Like she has a tank motion ready, gather together, put uh, cast. What game? Yeah, I couldn't um, even understand that last one. I wouldn't know what to search there. All right. And I want to shout out everybody watching us here live at twitch.tv slash Phoenix Down Radio. Thank you so much for joining us on this 100th episode. Shout out to everybody listening out on our podcasts. Um, like I said, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, um, PodCoin, just a ton of different podcatchers. Whatever one you listen to us on, thank you so much for, for listening. Um, Shout out to you guys. Chili, thank you for being an amazing supporter of Phoenix Down Radio, an amazing host, and um, just just an awesome guy. Thank you so much for all of your support. Sarah, thank you for being here since day one and sticking with me on this uh, crazy ride. Um, I guess hopefully we can continue this on for another 100-plus episodes. Um Talis, that would be pretty awesome. It would be amazing. Talis, thank- I hope the game is still going by then. <laughs> really? I do. I mean, I, and there's a good chance of it. If WoW is still going, if Final Fantasy eleven is still going. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, we're going to go into eleven here. Yeah. I hope that this game is still going at this level of quality. Yes. There you go. Well, I mean, eleven <laughs> still getting some pretty decent quality content. Yeah. yeah. No more story, but what? more stuff. stuff. Well, there, there might be more story coming. We'll see. So, yeah, it's a kind of weird place right now. They've said they've slowed down stuff because they want to get plans ready for these kind of things. Continue, please. Later. Klaus wants to end things, and if he ends things, we die. We can't allow that. (laughs) Talas, thank you for being an an awesome supporter of the show. Thank you for uh, joining us as a host now for the last few episodes. We really do appreciate that. We love the uh, um, energy you bring in. Um, It's nice to have. It is awesome to be here. Shout out to Luna. I guess I wish we could have had you on today because you are, you know, you were the first person I thought of when I wanted a uh, a co-host. And uh, just the fact that you are an amazing friend. Um, thank you so much for all of your support and, uh, and everything. And uh, shout out to all the other podcasters out there who keep me you know, striving to make a better product every week, every, every show, um, to make sure to keep up with you guys. Cause you guys are making amazing content. And, um, like I said, we, it, it's kind of like one of those friendly, um, um, arms races, so to speak, you know, you guys keep improving your stuff. So we have to keep improving our stuff so we can keep getting better. So we can, you know, keep making quality content and, uh, it's just so much fun to to keep up with you guys. So thank you so much for work helping to make us want to do better. The only arms race Moogle go around is against is the Crucible. Well, I think everybody's should... against the Crucible. So who's who can the most? Final community versus. <laughs> I mean, there was a thing a while back where I think Anonymous was a guest on another podcast, so the Crucible had me on one so that I could also provide lore. My lore was all shit posts and made up on the spot. I got to share the crystal <laughs> I got to share the Great. crystal tower fisting theory with them. They loved it. And you can find me on Twitter at PHXDN underscore K L A U S S. See, Klaus understands. Don't engage, just keep moving. <laughs> God. So for my co-hosts, uh, Sarah Timono and Talos Marvelous, for our uh, rejo- returning guest, Chili, I'm Klaus Nightbringer, wishing everybody a wonderful evening. Thank you so much for making us um, 
help us, helping us get to 100 episodes, and we will see you on 101. Take care. Praise Lava Scorpio. Phoenix Down Radio yeah. is a production of PhoenixDownRadio.com and Illusion Productions. Final Fantasy XIV and Eorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. In-game content for Phoenix Down Radio is a copyright of Square Enix. Open to music for Phoenix Down Radio is provided by Guilty Gear Rocky. Check out the Metal Chocobo theme cover and many other music videos at YouTube.com slash Guilty Gear Rocky. Closing music for this episode is provided by GuitarWanker90. Please check out their full version of Matoya's Cave and other rock video game covers at YouTube.com slash GuitarWanker90. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of Phoenix Down Radio and its hosts and do not reflect the views of Square Enix.